going to fake it. He's going to throw it. Wade's got all day. To the corner. Got it. Touchdown. A big play by Steiner as he scores off the post. At home once again, the Spartans welcome a familiar foe in Columbia Central. The Lions have nothing to lose coming off a triple overtime win at Gallatin. Can the Spartans keep that shine on their 2020 season and not fall unlucky on Friday the 13th? It's round two between Summit and Columbia, and it's next on TriStar Sports Radio. Summit Spartans Playoff Football is brought to you in part by Hearts Motor Sales, Holland's Pharmacy, Sands Fence Company, The Garbage Man, Davis Heating and Cooling, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Murray Regional Hospital, Brown's Body Shop, Quick Marks, Tin Pin Alley, Right Care Clinic, Kubota of Franklin, Beck Dental, and by Jimmy Petty Benchmark Realty. Now live to Summit High School in Spring Hill with Matt Rogers, here's Mike Epley. Hillsboro or Beach, the winner. On the bottom side of the bracket, this will be the semifinal game. It will either be Henry County, Brighton, Clarksville Northeast, and Clarksville. So as we turn our attention back to two of the more important uh, issues right now, call it the storylines for the Summit Spartans. Number one is their dominating performance over Hillwood last week in the first round of the playoffs, 42-6. to Secondly, no Keaton Wade as of now. He could be back in the playoffs later, but we will see. We'll turn it over to Matt Rogers. Overall, Matt, what was your assessment on the play of the Spartans last week versus Hillwood? Yeah, so last week going into the game, obviously my big concern was that Summit had not played a game in four weeks. That's a big deal for any football player, especially for a high school football player. So that was my biggest concern. But I have to tell you that when we talk about Guys, it's playoff football. We got to come out. It's different. You know, you can even tell by when you talk to Coleman, his attitude was different. It was just more focused. I was absolutely blown away with the way Summit came out. When we talk about putting on a clinic, man, did they ever. They were fresh from their tackling to their tempo, and most importantly, their execution last week. It is the, the honestly the best high school football that I can remember seeing in a long, long time. 401 yards, total offense. Most of that came in the first half since they were up 42-0. to 316 yards on the ground. They didn't even really have to throw a pass. It was absolute domination. They made a couple cha- or one change up front to the offensive line starting Mason Richardson last week, mm-hmm. which I think helped them tremendously which is funny about that kid because in real life he's so mild-mannered his parents say you know he doesn't get hype he's very even keeled but on the field he was an absolute spark plug and really set the tempo for the offensive line they completely dominated from the first snap of the uh, first half till halftime it was all summit i was absolutely impressed they played perfect playoff football last week rushing last week 39 attempts as the team 316 yards wade three carries 44 yards so i'm going to spin this back to you matt wade was very effective in running 44 yards only in three carries 
the team total of 316. How does being able to run the football for Summit, like Coach Brian Coleman wants to do, how is that going to be, I guess, affect this game tonight? Well, it's it's going to be everything because, as you as we know, Brian Coleman is run first. Not only is he run first, he is run 90% of the time. So it's going to be everything tonight. And you can see the only loss that Summit has this season was when they were put in a position where they had to run or when they had to pass the football, and they don't do it as well as the run. So running for them tonight is going to be everything. And we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back in 30 seconds as we play the national anthem. Uh, You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Welcome back. You're listening to 101.7 Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call. This is round number two in the playoffs between Summit and Columbia. Uh, Once again, we talked about Columbia's big win last week as now Summit is trying to get back to the state championship game. We'll move it over to the defense. Hillwood had 43 plays for 161 total yards and six points. Not good. Well, think about this. Columbia in the meeting earlier this year versus Summit scored zero. So how much would that play a factor, Rogers? Uh, it's going to play a huge factor for Summit. And here's the thing with any football team, and I stress especially in high school football, these kids are younger, especially on the Summit football side. We have some 15-year-old kids on the field. So here's what I mean by that. It's mentality and belief is everything. So if for some reason Columbia scores, now that doesn't sound like a big deal because ah, everyone scores in football, but for some reason if Columbia scores in this game, especially early, that's going to have a psyche effect on the Summit football players because last time they didn't score. Now, again, this is just primarily for the high school level. So is it going to cost some at the game? Probably not. But I will tell you this. If for some reason Columbia makes this game close, it's Friday the 13th and it's 2020. Anything can happen. For some reason, if Columbia makes this close, it could have an effect on the psyche of the Summit Spartans defense. Now, do I think that will happen? No. I don't think it'll happen. I think it could happen. Probability, very, very low. When you have players like Brady Pierce, when you have players like Caleb Jolly, who has been an absolute spark plug for this Summit defense, I love watching number two Caleb Jolly play on the field. He fires me up as an announcer. He fires the people in the crowd up as a spectator. And I know that he fires up his players and his coaches. And then moving to the defensive line, man, these big boys up front, they've been absolutely unstoppable. You've heard me be a huge fan of Trey Hunter, number four, the defensive end. All year, he had a huge game against Franklin with their Division I offensive tackles that have already 
already committed, and Trey Hunter ate him up. You got number 40, uh, number 40 Jesse Brimmeyer up the middle, who's an absolute beast. And then, of course, the perfect defensive end for any high school football player, 6'5", 225, number 42, Maddox Reed. These guys dominated against Columbia last time. They're going to dominate again tonight. Now, whether Columbia scores or not, I can't tell you, but I don't think it's going to be uh, a very successful night for the Lions, if I'm being honest. I mean, this defense is very, very good. And Summit 10-1, and 5-0 and oh in the region. Columbia 6-5, and 1-4 and four overall in the region. Offensively, Summit scores 34.2. Columbia 17.9. A little bit of disparity there. Defensively, Summit 11.85. Columbia 19. So both checks will be to the Summit Spartans. Summit defense hasn't given up over nine points since in a game since September 11th. Let that register for just for a minute. As we go, we appreciate the gridiron, too, giving us some of these stats. TD counts, uh, Destin Wade, one, Trey Hunter, one, Switzer, two, King, five, Pierce, seven, Kerouac, one, Dippo, two, Cotton, two, Jolly, two, Keaton Wade, one, and Snyder uh, last week with one. So team rushing per game, 265 yards. Did it against Indy, 322, but most of this has been without Destin Wade even in the second half. So a lot of these numbers could be skewed, but it looks good either way. Opponent rushing on the defensive line held the opponents to 79 yards averaging on the ground. Four opponents, take this stat, held four opponents to under 25 yards in the game. And the last three opponents to 35 combined total rushing yards. What about that, Matt? That's, Look, thank you to the gridiron. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about Destin Wade, those 10 touchdowns they had. For, for, for everyone listening, exactly what Epley said, you keep that in mind. Most of that is just first-half stats. The Summit Spartans, if I could because I'm an 80s baby, remind me of watching Mike Tyson play uh, or box growing up. Most of his fights were over by the third round because he would knock everybody out. That's exactly like the Summit Spartans. Most of their games have been over by the middle of the second quarter. So these stats that you're hearing, I mean, they're like 24 total minutes each game, not your average 48 minutes. So as we get later in the playoffs, we're not naive enough to think that these games aren't going to go a little bit longer for these for these starter players. But, I mean, so far, they are the Mike Tyson of high school football where they are knocking people out in the first round. So I'm excited to see what happens tonight, and uh, anything could happen. But uh, if we were calling boxing back in the 80s, I would say, you know, Tyson in three. And the coin toss would be Gavin Wells, senior for Summit, and I believe Meech McCoy, senior for uh, Columbia. And I will say that McCoy won the toss deferred. So that means coming out of the tunnel, the home team will get the football first. So as they stand behind the banner from the cheerleading section, or should I say the cheerleaders, and now you hear the fans stand for Summit. Summit, white pants, blue jerseys, white helmet with the blue Spartan. 
Columbia the road team, purple pants, white jerseys, and a chrome helmet. Neat look for um, Columbia. Head coach Jason Hoth knows coach head coach of Summit real well, Coach Brian Coleman. So what was Scott Tillman do against Alex Melton tonight? That may be the matchup, or could we flip it to Coach Brian Coleman from the offense going against Josh Taylor? We'll see. We'll take a minute commercial break. When we come back, the kick is going to be on 101.7. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. We're live here in Williamson County, Summit, Columbia. Round number two, Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call. As Summit will get the ball. And we have... Max Patton, the sophomore kicker for Columbia, will kick to King, and it will go actually to the up man down at the 31-yard line. Nice cover by Austin Gruder. So here we go. Destin Wade could be a potential player of the year in the state of Tennessee. He walks out at quarterback. And a rat for the offensive line left to right. Matthew Mullen left tackle. Sam Jewell left guard. Tyler Garber center. Cooper Cook right guard. And Mason Richardson will be on the other side. Is they going to go right? And that will be a handoff. And I will get the starting running back as the number, I believe, it is King. And they will go to Brandon King to start the game. Yeah, King, that's their little counterplay to the right-hand side. Left guard is going to pull and kick out the defensive end. Left tackle is going to pull all the way through to the linebacker. It's what they do. It's their bread and butter. And there was a gain of a solid five there, and you're going to see that one the entire night. Columbia would be four down linemen as they're going to hand to King again. King over the left side. He's going to be a yard short. So it'll be third and one on the 40-yard line for Summit. So what that play called right there, it's a read zone. It's where Wade starts out, reads the defensive end, and I think he should have kept it because he might have had six there. Well, he's going under center quick, and he got it. He needed one yard, and he got four over to the 44-yard line. Quarterback sneak, Destin Wade. Yeah, it's no secret that uh, Summit's best running back is their quarterback, Destin Wade. I said last week he looks like a gazelle out there, and sometimes, I mean, he looks like a high school Derrick Henry when you need that extra yard with that quarterback sneak right there. They needed about a foot. They got four yards with Wade. So Wade and shotgun, four wide receivers for Summit. They're going to run the read, and Wade's going to keep it. Wade gets tackled by Sidlowski, gains three. Yeah, you know, it, so far, the the defense of Columbia Central is playing a little bit tighter right now, and this is not a good sign for Columbia Central. Their best defensive lineman, Antoine Moore, who's their defensive end, who absolutely ate up our tackles last week, just limped off the field. That's not a good sign for the Lions. We'll say the best player on defense as well, uh, Matt, for sure, is – out 10-14 first quarter, and we got movement on the outside, and Brady Pierce is going to call, be called for a false start. Yeah, and the reason that's such a big deal for the Lions is last time the Spartans played against Columbia Central, again, number 33, Antoine Moore, absolutely put pressure on Wade the entire night, which basically made the pass ineffective. So with him, if he could potentially be hurt, that's really, really not good for Columbia Central. Summit had... 
321 yards rushing against Columbia in week, I believe, four. As the pass out and down he is, complete, nice throw to Switzer. Gets about seven yards, but they're going to need six more. Yeah, and this is going to be interesting because as we get later in the playoffs, Summit's going to need to throw the ball. It has not been one of their strong suits with a third and a long six right here. I'm assuming they're going to pass the ball, so I'm curious to see what they come with when they only have one receiver out wide. So got the first down, the third and one with the quarterback sneak by Destin Wade. Now 9-23, A lot of movement and players confused, and Coach Coleman He's got 15 seconds to figure it out on the play clock. His way looks over, makes the change, it looks like, or calls the play. And Pierce on the right, Jolly on the left. No one's there, and Wade's going to have to run it. Wade gets it. Wade to the outside. Gone. 55-40-0. He crosses down to the 20, and a big Wade. And there's the Houdini. <laughs> Ebley, it looked like a broken play. You saw Wade hold the ball out there. They've been running that read zone. He held the ball out there, and nobody was home. So, like you said, they were shifting around so much pre-snap. I think that was just a broken play, and you let, you know, the the, the human running back, uh, what would you say, uh, garbage truck man, Destin Wade, just run people over, and that worked out well for him. Yeah, I think I was so caught up in that. I, say, I think I was caught at the 55-yard line at first, and he, he's going so fast. He's down to the 12-yard line, hands it off. So it's first and 10 on the, the 12, and a handoff off the left side, I believe, and that's the first carry for Dipple uh, for five yards. Yeah, Dipple, that's the first action we've seen of him tonight. He's going to continue to carry the ball tonight, but again, the read zone. Wade is reading the end. If he pinches hard, he's going to keep it. If he uh, widens out, he's going to give it up the middle. 8.03 left first quarter. Summit marching down the field, inside the red zone. And here goes Dippled, nowhere, back to the line of scrimmage. It'll be third down and five on about the eight-yard line. Yeah, you got to give credit to the Columbia Central defensive line right there. There was no movement up front for the offensive line, and that's going to be a big factor is can this Summit O-line push forward and move the line of scrimmage? Because, again, in the first time these team, two teams met, you didn't see a lot of domination up front, but you did see a lot of plays by Destin Wade. So they're going to want to move the line of scrimmage and dominate that tonight. Wade carried the ball 21 times against Columbia in the first matchup. Wade is actually going to throw it. No, he's pressured and drops the ball, picks it up, throws it in wow. the end zone. Boom! Charlie's oh on the receiving end, touchdown, summit to score first. Wait, what do you say? You have Wade that wants to run the ball, and then he pulls it back. A broken pass play. Wade fumbles the ball, picks up his own fumble, and then, of course, you got the human spark plug, Jolly, wide open in the back middle of the end zone. That's just one of the best quarterbacks, best athletes in Tennessee doing what he does best, making plays, and putting Summit up early right off the bat. And Ryan Crane adds the extra point, 7-0. We'll take a commercial break, 7.09 left. Summit scores first. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Summit Spartan Playoff Football is on TriStar Sports Radio.
live here in Williamson County. 7-0 is the score. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call. Nice drive there, Matt, starting from your own 31. It's King, Wade, Dipple chipped in, and Wade threw it to Jolly from about uh, eight yards for the touchdown. It's funny because, you know, I, I believe that he only completed two passes there because they only threw two passes, and that's kind of been the M.O. for the passing game for Summit. Last week, he completed five passes. Three of them were for touchdowns. Right there, he completes two passes. One of them's for a touchdown. Hodago will take it out to the 29-yard line. They're going to give him the 30, and that's where Columbia will start. And Brady McCandless will be the quarterback for Columbia. Defensively, for Summit, Jesse Brimmeyer in the middle. On his left side will be Trey Hunter on the right side. Maddox Reed in the middle at linebacker will be Gavin Wells, Jacob Turner. It looks like we have Finley Javeson out there as well for Summit. And Caleb Jolly will round out the linebackers. Running up the middle, nowhere, and that's going to be stopped on the outside, and that will be who I just mentioned, Gavin Wells. Yeah, Gavin Wells, man, he's been a, a stud for this defense of, of for Summit. He's the middle linebacker. He's a great tackler. Uh, he moved from outside to inside backer this year, and obviously so far it has paid dividends for the Spartans as uh, typically if it's a run, you're going to see Wells in there in, in, inside making a play. Buckman will run it for minus one as they're going to try to shift the line all power to the right, 626, and they're going to toss it right. Buckman spins off one tackle, and he can't even get back to the line of scrimmage. It's going to be third down and 12. So Buckman for the Lions, we talked about him last game. He was a late transfer, came to the Tennessee from Michigan early on this year. He's definitely one of the best players on the offense for the Lions. But how effective is it going to be against this Spartan defense? It's interesting to see how Melton does it because when he goes against a dominating run team, he goes with that 3-4 defense. If it's pass, he goes 4-3. And obviously tonight, he's relying on those three down defensive linemen to continue to make those run plays. McCandless needs 11. Pressure! He throws it to the outside. And is he inbounds or not? Uh, Yes, they're going to say he is. But Kennard is short. Now, I will tell you, if you got one weapon, on the outside, it's 15, and they will throw it to him all night. No, they're going to say it's incomplete. Scratch that. So it'll be 4th and 11. Yeah, 4th and 11. I assume they're going to punt. you got the punt team out there. This is where the Lions don't want to be. Never said this before. Hang on. I interrupt. Yep. This could be a fake. Oh, they yeah. put in. They've put in five to seven gadget plays, and this could be one right out of the gate. Look at you. You're like Detective Gadget. How do you, I gotta find, figure this, this how stuff do you out? find this stuff out? I just got to figure it out. Watch out. That's why you're Ka- on And we'll kick it. It's going to go away. Nice kick. The switcher can't get to it. He was on one side of the field. It bounced to the other. We'll stay here uh, as the punt will go down at the 35. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off what you said. I mean, you know, this is kind of like the last stand for the Lions. Obviously, it's playoffs. You lose, you go home. They lost 35-0 last time. So tonight, you got to expect that they're going to pull out all the stops. They're going to run a fake punt. They're going to run an onside kick. They're going to try to catch Coleman and the Spartans off 
guard, but like you said, they're probably ready for it, so we'll see how it goes. 5-32, Summit leads 7-0. Destin Wade breaks into the secondary. Wade, he takes one, two, three, four, five, down to the 49 of Columbia, a big run of 16. Yeah, we've been talking about it all year. Anytime a defense has to tackle in the second and third level, meaning second-level linebackers, third-level safeties, it's typically not a good sign for the defense. You're probably going to see that a lot, especially as Wade continues to carry the ball. I mean, he looks like a men amongst boys out there, and he trucked about two people in the process. So another first down for Summit. They're going to hand to King. King's bounces one off tackle. He'll go for two yards, second down and eight. Counter to the left. Right guard pulls and kicks. Right tackle pulls up through. They wanted a little bit more of that, and I, and I will highlight this, Epley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offensive line, they're not doing a bad job. But I know Coleman wants to see more domination. I'm not seeing any white jerseys on their backs except when Destin Wade carries the ball. We want to see offensive linemen putting defensive linemen on their back, and I haven't seen it yet. So whether that happens remains to be seen. We do have Ryan Smith out at right tackle. I will mention that as well. So Ryan tackle right or in the right tackle position for 26. Wade's going to bootleg right He's going to throw it. What a catch and a lick. But Brady Pierce is about a half yard short. But way to hold on. A big lick by Roman Woodson. That's why the junior is one of the best players on the entire team. He is one of the few guys that goes both ways. Brady Pierce has the heart of a lion. And, man, that kid is just a playmaker. He's he's the leader out there on defense. And then there, as you saw on offense, the kid doesn't get rattled. I mean, he got absolutely Humbled right when he caught it and he didn't drop the ball. And here we go with a third and short. It's a NASCAR for Wade. Spreading everybody out. Wade's quarterback sneak. And that's going to be hard to stop for half yard. That's the second time we've seen it. And the second result, first down. It's the right call. I mean, anytime you're in a short situation, you want the best player on the field holding the ball. And that, of course, is Destin Wade. Not only is he getting the foot, the two feet that they need, he's picking up three and four yards, man. And, again, I mean, that's just the X factor. When you you think about it, you can't mention his name enough. So, uh, Destin Wade again, and you're going to hear a lot more of him tonight. 325 Summit leads 7-0. This is the second round of the playoffs. Winner keeps going. Flips it out. Pierce. Pierce jukes one, two. And he, oh, he gets ankle tackled for about a seven-yard gain. If he broke that one, it was six. Yeah, it's it's good to see them go to their quick pass game. It's easy for the offensive line to set back in their set because by the time they even put hands on a defensive line, that ball is already off. You get it to Brady Pierce in the open field. Let your athletes make play, and uh, that paid dividends for about six yards. Wade, very comfortable, and I mentioned this to Matt in the pregame, looked very, very efficient, looked sharp. His passes were crisp, and it looks like that tonight. Oh, here's the scissor play. They're going to go to the outside with it. Switzer, 30, down to the 26-yard line, and that's going to be another first down. Yeah, the scissor play. Given the offensive line the opportunity to do what they do best, and that's down block. The entire right side is going to just down block to the left side. What they're trying to do is create that wall up front so that King or Switzer or Dippled or Wade can do what they do and just run behind that wall. And for Switzer, that was a first down. 218 and Summit 
looking very good in the first quarter, leading by seven, driving the football, hands off the king, breaks one tackle by Shane Cobb, spin move. That's the circle button on the PlayStation. He's out for nine. It's the third time we've seen the counter play. We came out with it uh, to the right, and then that was, again, the counter to the left. Again, your right guard's going to pull and kick out the end. Your right tackle's going to pull and lead up through the backer. The offensive line's doing a great job at it. They practice it over and over and over again. The times that I went out to the summit practice, I mean, from a, from a blocking standpoint, me being an ex-offensive line with the Washington Huskies, you want to get good at two or three things, and man, has Coleman and the Spartans mastered that up front. But let's get analytical. What happened on the last drive? Who went out? 33. Played right in. Running left tackle. You know coaches see that. When the best player for Columbia gets hurt, you want to attack that position. They do it at the corner position or at the defensive line. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, and the, these Spartans uh, coaching staff, they're good. And they know how to make adjustments. And I guarantee you, like you said, they keyed on that. They're saying, hey, Moore's out. Yep. Let's go to- towards Moore's side. And uh, that's exactly what they're going to do. And, I mean, they do it so well. It's kind of like, I mean, coming from California, the big team when I was in high school was De La Salle. You know, Coach, oh, yeah. Yeah, coach wrote a book. They had the 151-game <laughs> win streak. Well, every single one of those offensive linemen, they were 5'10", 175 pounds. A big guy would be six foot, 210 pounds. But what they did was the same thing over and over and over again. They were going to beat you with leverage, and they said, we're going to get underneath you, and we're going to get off the ball faster than you. What's my point? My point is this. Coleman takes two or three blocking techniques, and he drives them home over and over and over again with these guys. So you can run the counterplay ten times a game, and it's like, okay, well, you know what we're doing, so you still got to stop me. And that's what they're doing. Like you, some it's not a secret. Like they could throw in some scissors and this and that, which is good. But they're going to run the counter. They're going to run the power. They're going to run the trap, and they're going to run the read zone. Yeah, we it, got an injured player uh, real quick. One fifty nine. We'll we'll stay here just for a minute and let Matt finish his thought. But if you're just tuning in, the reason we haven't broadcasted a play, there's a Columbia Lion down at the nineteen yard line. It will be second and one on the eighteen as the players getting up one fifty nine. In the first quarter, Summit leaving, leading 7-0. to zero. Let me go back to this. Your point is, why do you want to be good at two or three things and not d- just average at four, d- five or six, seven things? Sure. I mean, it's like we've, you know, we've heard the saying, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. In football, especially with, with blocking, let's be the master of two or three things. Back to what I'm saying. Summit's going to run the counter. That's the third time they ran it, and you're probably going to see it about 7 to 15 more times tonight. And it's like, you know we're running it. You know where we're going. Now you got to stop us. We're better than you at blocking it than you are at stopping it. So they're going to do it again. 155, the injured player will get that to you shortly. Wade picks back up, and he's going to throw it across to Pierce and just low for Pierce. we got a late flag on an incomplete pass. They faked the counter that time, and that's what's great about the offense. It's kind of like, we're going to run the counter, we're going to run the counter, oh, we're going to fake the counter and pass, especially if they continue to try to run single coverage on somebody like Brady Pierce. It's not going to bode well for the defense, and right there he was open. Probably would have been a touchdown. It was the same play we saw last week against Hillwood. uh, They're going to get single coverage on Pierce. He's going to run that quick slant. Nine times out of ten he's open. He was open there, but Wade just misfired. Wade scored three times versus Columbia in meeting number one. 
Summit led 21 to zip at halftime and never looked back. The question is, how close would that score be tonight? It looks like it's going to be similar. Uh, unfortunately, if you're you know a, a Lions fan listening in, this has been the M.O. for Summit football the entire year, except against Franklin when they lost them. Franklin, you and I talked about the beginning of the game. When the game is close, Summit's not used to that. When you're fighting Mike Tyson and your Buster Douglas, take them to the 8th, ninth, 10th round. What's my point? Keep the game close to obviously have a chance against Summit because this is what they like to do. They want to get up early on you. And um, if you're Columbia or anybody else for that matter, you got to do a better job on offense, keeping the ball in offensive hands and out of Destin Wade's hands. Yeah, and that was a 15-yard penalty. So now second and 16 on the 34 for Summit. A pressure, and Wade goes down. Wade is down, and he's slow to get up. Wow. And I'm not trying to scare the audience. That was about as long as it took to get up all year, and he does. But down he goes back at the 40. Now it will be third down and about 22 yards. That was the big defensive lineman, Jordan Brooks, for the Lions. That's the junior. He's 270 pounds. Mind you, and he was going full speed and went right at the ankle of Wade, and he's still limping. So it's third and 22 on the 40. So I'm not sure what Summit has in the playbook, but Wade's going to throw it out deep. And a miscommunication because Jolly was going in, and and, uh, Wade threw it to the post. So here's the interesting thing, Epley. When... Summit has to rely on their pass game to make stuff happen. They're going to have to do a better job. They relied on their pass game against Franklin. It didn't work out well for them. They're in a position there to go up 14-0, and they get themselves in a situation where they have to pass their way out of it, and they couldn't get it done. So that could be a story moving forward, especially when we go into the later rounds of the playoffs. The punt will be out at about the 20, not too good, but we have 46 seconds. We'll take a commercial break. Summit leads 7-0. to zero. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Epley. Check that Columbia will run a bootleg at the 20. McCandless would throw it across the field. It's caught by Buckman. Buckman comes down to the 40 to the 30. He's moving back and forth, weaving his way, and now he scores. So what a humongous 80-yard pass play. Literally about 70 of it was Buckman. Brady McCandless threw it back across the field and almost got intercepted. That it was unreal with 27 seconds left. And think about this. We are tied for Max Patton. Columbia didn't score in the first game. Yeah, and this is what we talked about that they were going to try to do. Columbia is going to have to run some sort of trickery, catch Summit off guard, and that's exactly what they did. They moved the entire field flow to the right. Everyone, including myself, was waiting for the run to the right, and then they passed back across the field to the left. Now, super high risky, but you have to take those chances, and fortunately for the Lions, 
it paid off there. Now, here's the interesting thing. Now, all of a sudden, they got Summit's attention. This ain't going to be the blowout that Summit might have thought as of right now. The last time Summit was in a tight game after the first quarter was against Franklin. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You, you can feel the, the, the tension uh, in the mm. stand right now as this is kind of the first time we've really felt this all year. Yeah, Columbia brings a nice crowd on the uh, visiting side, 27 seconds, and we are tied 7-7. Seven to seven. I can tell you this, that was the wildest throw I've ever seen because McCandless literally jumped up in the air and threw it across. So Summit will get it. Uh, Gruders will get it up to the 38-yard line. And now Summit just needs to do what they do. Um, that penalty really set them back after – the 15-yard penalty couldn't convert. Remember, it was just second down and one, but with the 15-yard penalty, they just never could get back into manageable distance. So 23 seconds left in the first quarter. Tie ball game, 7-7. Seven to seven. Not sure too many people predicted it, but we'll see how it goes as Shane Cobb will make the tackle and absolutely nowhere by... I believe, yes, it was John Dipple. Yeah, the the counter there didn't work for him. And uh, this is going to be a big drive for Summit in terms of momentum and mentality for the game. You don't want to keep Columbia Central hanging around because mentality is going to be a huge factor for momentum in this game. We'll see. The end of the first quarter, it's seven Summit, seven Columbia. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Destin Wade, it was second and ten from the 38. He goes from 138 to the other 38. So we're inside Columbia territory. It's 7-7 seven to seven to start the second quarter. Yeah, that's what the uh, Spartans need to do, and they need to continue to run the ball downfield. I am curious to see if the pass is going to come into factor. You guys hear me keep harping on that. It's going to come into play, especially in the latter part of the season. We know Destin Wade can run, but how long can you go to that play and to that pony before someone keys in on it? And another penalty is Dippold runs for two yards. I'm a little – I want to preface this by saying there's a lot of – there's running back by committee. But Brandon King did so well, and I'm not sure if he's hurt or just he wants – he's playing dippled at right now, kind of running the hot hand. And a chop block caught on Summit. That's a huge penalty, and those are the ones you have to avoid. Yeah, it, uh, Tyler Garber, the center, blocked the defensive line high, and then Sam Jewell – the left guard cut them underneath. It's your typical high-low. They don't do it intentionally, but sometimes there could be a miscommunication up front, like, hey, I'm going to cut this guy, or the other guy's like, no, I'm down blocking him, and unfortunately that happens. We've seen where Summit has struggled in the past, and it's the penalties, man. Penalties uh, put them in a position to keep teams that shouldn't be in the game in the game with them, and now instead of you know second and four, second and five, now it's first and 25. And, yeah. again, they're going to rely on the pass. So I want to see him do well because it hasn't been great. Well, Dippold comes off the field. He's hurt. So there's one of the answers as King goes off the left hip 
of Destin Wade, and Wade will run it. Wade in the open field. Wade's going to carry three people, and Meech McCoy brings him down. So he gets probably about 15 to 17 yards on that run. So you've heard me say this over and over. I'll continue to say it. The counter run, the counter run. You got a running back counter where you hand it off to the running back, and then you got the quarterback counter, which in this case they love to do because they have the best athlete in Tennessee, one of the best athletes in Destin Wade. That was a quarterback counter to the left and a gain of about 12 or 13 yards. Wade, it will be second, and they're going to say 15 on the 43 of Columbia. The game, 7-7. to Summit driving again, and Wade missed him again. And it looks like it hits the ground, and that was thrown to Tanner Shake. And it just looks like Summit's passing game is just a minuscule off here. Yeah, the one thing I will say is the offensive line has done a pretty good job so far to create that pocket. We have two very aggressive defensive ends for the Lions coming straight up field. So you want those tackles to kind of wall them to the outside so Wade can step them in the pocket. The offensive line, they've done a pretty good job so far, and, and, and what we've seen with the incompletion is pretty much on the arm of Wade, uh, not the blocking of the offensive line. And another penalty against Summit, but Jason Hoth declines it. It was an illegal shift call, so now it's third and 15 on the 43. Here's the question you got to ask you for Coleman with 10.59 in the second. Do you want to get half the yardage and go for it, or are you going to try to get the whole thing here? I think, we'll that's, a, I think that's a great question. Uh, I would probably try to get half the yardage with, with Summit. Typically in football, you wouldn't, but with this team, I would. Here you go. Here's your answer. Wade, Wade, Wade is going to throw it, and he completes it out to Switzer. Switzer cuts back. Oh, fakes two out, three. But he stopped, and he's going to be a half yard short, it looks like. It looks like he's a half yard short. He dodged a bunch of players but then stopped. Yeah, that's just your quarterback making great plays, uh, stepping up, shifting around. He dodged about two tackles to find that wide-open Switzer, and uh, Switzer mm. got some nice yak yards. They're going to give it to him. They're going to give them first down. So Wade was in the pocket, looked left, looked right, and threw it back to the right side, literally almost down the line. Switzer beat one guy to the corner. He over-pursued him, cut back in, faked out another guy, and then the third guy tackled him right at the first down marker, but a big play for Summit there, and now they're going to hand off tackle. Here they come. Into the middle of the defense, or should I say the right side of the defense, and down at the 26, maybe a gain of one. Yeah, you got to give credit to this Lions defense. I mean, they're being stubborn. We have seen all-year Summit completely dominate. Now, right here, are they getting positive yards? Absolutely. But it just kind of feels like, Epley, they're making them work a little bit harder than we've been used to in some of these other games. Yeah, these have been long drives. This is the third possession for Summit. 948. Second quarter, 7-7. Seven to seven. Wade's going to fake it. Wade's going to throw it. And way short, and Roman Woodson actually beat Jolly to the spot. So here's the question I'm going to ask, and I'm not going to get too in the coach's mind here. Jolly's six foot four. Roman Woodson, the guy who's going to cover him, is 5'9". <laughs> I, Roman is very fast. I, I know Roman personally. Uh, great athlete. 
one of these times you'll have to throw a post to the corner or you would see the height advantage being there because Jolly still has the speed as well. 941, and Wade's going to fake it. Wade's got Shake yeah. wide open, and we got Jeez. another flag as he's got Jolly overthrown, and they might call this on Sam Jewell. It's going to be a hold on Jewell. I, I got to tell you, I don't have a name on the roster, but it was number 57 for the lineman, or for the Lions, sorry. He's playing defensive line. He's given that right side all they can handle, man. I mean, I'd like to see some better pass blocking up front, but. You know, when it, I've seen only a couple times when Wade has to pass that he's comfortable stepping up. Wow. On those. Matt, sorry to interrupt you. J- Jason Ho just declined the penalty. Yep. So now it's fourth and eight instead of third and eight. That is a big call. Remember this now because Summit only needs eight and not that huge holding penalty would have been third down. So he's basically going to take one shot to try to get it. Wade, Wade's going to run. Wade. Can he get it? Wade breaks one tackle, two tackles. He's going to be short by two yards. Man. Turnover. Back got, to Columbia. you got to give credit to the Columbia Central defense, man. They have beckoned the call, and they're giving this – as much as I hate to say it because you know, we're announcing for some – I hate to say it, but, man, they're giving this offensive line all they can handle. We got Wade on the run. Now, mind you, Wade took a shot to his ankle. He's not going to be out for the game or anything, but but he's limping a little bit. He's not as comfortable as he likes to be. He wants to run all over. He wants to step in the pocket, and it's just not happening. The defensive line's doing a great job at collapsing the pocket, and if we're going to pass the ball, which it looks like we're going to have to, the offensive line's got to do a better job, Mike. 7-7, seven to seven, we have another injured player uh, on the field, 922, and we'll take a minute commercial break. When we come back, uh, we'll be live here still in Williamson County for round number two. It's Summit Columbia. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. The injured player will be Meech McCoy. Sad to see him go off the field, but he goes off the field on his own power. 9.22 left until halftime. Columbia, 7. Summit, 7. And now a turnover on downs, and the Lions will have a chance to take the lead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture to say that this is going to be one of the biggest drives for Columbia Central. Here's why. Their only positive offensive play was an 80-yard prayer for a score. They haven't been able to move the ball before that play on Summit or last game on Summit. So if they can move the ball here, Summit better make some adjustments because they're going to be in a real dogfight, which they did not expect to be in tonight. So again, if Columbia Central can move the ball, I'm not even talking about scoring here. If they can get a couple first downs here, it's going to give them confidence like, hey, we can do this. We can, we can move the ball. This is going to be interesting. They took Jordan Brooks out and brought in uh, DeAndre Mathers at, right, at left guard. And maybe that's where they're going to run that way. Actually, behind Mathers, that is very interesting. They, they ran Jordan Brooks off the field. The starting left guard, I believe, in wow, they ran right behind the sub, which had 10 seconds left before the play clock. 
Yeah, that is interesting because, again, you're going against two-year veteran number 40, Jesse Brimmeyer. He is the senior up front, and, man, he is nasty. He is a gap monster, which means nobody clogs a gap better than big number 40, Jesse Brimmeyer. So whoever that left guard is, he's got a tall, tall order tonight. And Buckman gains one. McCandless is going to throw. Whoa. And way over the head, he's trying to get his main target, Stephen Kennard, coming across the middle, but it soared over his head. Yeah, again, uh, you know, the pressure we were talking about, Jesse Brimmeyer, right before that play, he took two offensive linemen from Columbia Central and drove them about five yards back and got right in that quarterback's face. And I could expect more of that tonight. I mean, this defensive line for Summit is, uh, is very, very good and they're going to give this offensive line about as much as they can handle. Well, as we have late player in, Destin Wade is coming on the field mm. on defense for the first time this year. Wade is playing out in the safety position. So Destin Wade on defense for the Spartans. I would assume Melton wanted him out there for passing situations. Pressure. And overthrown, and Wade almost <laughs> intercepted it. I'm and he's got to catch it. I mean, that's just a great call by Melton right there. Uh, hey, coach, can I put in Wade on defense? We really need him right here. And that would have paid dividends right there because he probably would have ran it back. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised that Columbia threw it to that side. The Spartans made the right call. And, again, Columbia couldn't capitalize on offense. It's, it's, it's not a good sign for the Lions because I, I would suspect that Summit's going to come out and try to do what they do best and run this ball right up the field to go up before uh, we start heading into the half. Switzer back at the, his own 45. Kennard watched the fake for nine yards. I'm telling you, something could happen. And Kennard kicks a rocket in the air. I mean, really high. And everybody gets away, and he gets a Columbia bounce for 17, 18 more yards down to the 31. It's funny when you talk about Kennard at the punter and you're just waiting for something to happen. It's not your typical punt where they snap it, the punter takes the steps and kick it. He's not. He's running to the right. It's a rugby style. Yeah, exactly. Rugby style yes. using his speed, but he's also got his eyes up the field because he's reading. And you know the coaches, the guys up top of the box right now, they're watching what Summit's doing, and you can tell something's coming down the road. Get your popcorn ready. 8.20 left until halftime. 7 to seven's the score. Summit and Columbia is... Summit will get it on the 31, hands to King, and nowhere. And could not hold the block on the outside by Ryan Smith. They penetrated it, and he went backwards. Man, I'm telling you, this defensive line, there he was again, big number 68. That's Jordan Brooks. He's 270 pounds, and he's giving these guys all they can handle up front. And, uh, and he's getting his rest. He's shuffling in and out. But, again, that's the guy that took the pop on Wade's ankle a little bit earlier in the game. So uh, he, he's doing a good job. 7.48, and here comes a, a delayed handoff and the penetration. And, literally, uh, Shane Cobb tackles Switzer back for a gain of four. They're going to have to throw it. Ebley, I got to tell you, man. I don't like it for the Spartans. You can tell that the Columbia Central coaching staff has picked up on some keys. You don't want to see Summit be so one-dimensional with the run. 
They're well, going to have well, to pass. Well, they, they, they could in the first game. Let, let's be frank about this. Yeah, I, I, I would disagree because they had uh, 321 yards and only 20 yards passing. They beat the team by 35 points. I agree with you, but you don't think that that Columbia Central staff saying, hey, they run for 312 last time. What's going to happen this time? Well, third and 17, Wade's going to run around. Wade picks it up, and he falls down. Did he twist his ankle? And he's down at the 25, and Wade gains literally on a third and 17, gains two yards. Again, you see it again right there. Uh, man, they're, they're going to have to establish a pass block and a pocket. I hate to keep saying the same thing, but Wade does not look comfortable when he's passing, and it's twofold. One is he feels like he has to scramble because he's not getting the protection he needs. And two, it's just instinct. He wants to use his legs to run around, and it's, it hasn't been great. And Kennard will field the punt at the 47, come across to the 48, five-yard return by Kennard, and we got a flag on the play. Yeah, we got a flag on the play. I don't know what the call is yet, but uh, so far penalties have been killing the Spartans. And uh, as they did last week with with Hillwood, uh, they had nine penalties for about 75 yards last week. Again, did it matter? No, because they blew them out 42-0. But in a tight game like this, you got six minutes, 20 seconds left, and you're in a dogfight. And Columbia Central has the ball now, and they're getting it after halftime. So penalties can hurt them, but luckily that's going to go on Columbia Central that time. It will be on Central. And I believe it's an ineligible event. I'm not sure what the call was. I missed that. But 621, and they're going to count it off. So it may not be at the 48, after all, of Summit. So if you're just tuning in, it's Summit Columbia, round number two. The winter, or the winner will go on to play as we, oh, let me get the playoff bracket. Hillsboro and Beach. So here's what I can tell you. As we await the call, um, stay tuned. Try to start Friday Night Live at the half. Comes to you at the end of this quarter as JP and Coach Mike run down the scores from around two of the playoffs. It's only on TriStar Friday Night Live at the half. TriStar Sports Radio Network. So stay tuned. You'll find out. You'll find out who... Hillsborough and Beach. It's a game changer right here. They're going for it. They're going. Someone's going for it. So with the penalty, hold everything. It's going to be a fourth and one because it gives them, and we're going to take a timeout with Coach Coleman. Uh, we'll take a 30-second timeout as well and let you catch your breath. So now Summit's going for it. Fourth and one on their own 40. We'll be back in 30, 620 left. And we got a flag. We'll get to that as soon as we get back. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. Summit Spartan Playoff Football is on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back in, and we're going to await the flag and. If it's against Summit. What are you making up, bro? Oh, what kind of garbage are you making up? 6.21. So now that's going to back them up five yards. 
and they're going to punt it now. These, these fans are not happy, needless to say. 6-21, is the score. And now we are going to kick it away to uh, Stephen Kennard at his own 30. Remember, he got it back at the 48, so this could help with the yardage. As Kennard's going to pick it up, gutsy. and that's dangerous. He's down at the 38, so actually that helped Summit 14 yards. Yeah, so, I mean, typically what we've been experienced, with the exception of that one big play, Columbia Central hasn't been able to move the ball last game or really tonight against Summit. Yeah, the score is 7-7, but, again, it's one broken play for the Lions. Other than that, correct me if I'm wrong, Epley, but I don't think they've gotten a first down. No, that's their only first down. They've been the other two drives of three and out. Yeah. With 6-12 left until halftime, it's 7-7. And they're going to run it. And big, you can't stay back like that. And penetration, Jesse Brimmeyer and Maddox Reed will bring down Christian Biggers. With the exception of Destin Wade, the feature talking point tonight for me has been the defensive line for Summit and the defensive line for Columbia Central. They're absolutely dominating both sides. Summit dominating the offensive line for Columbia Central. Columbia Central dominating the offensive line for Summit. So, again, with the exception of the first drive for Summit and the exception of the big play for Columbia Central, we haven't really seen a lot from either one of these offenses. Canada Works, Ja'Kayla Cotton are the corners, and I mentioned uh, Brady Pierce and Austin. Or check that, Aiden Bird will be out at the safety position. And pressure on Christian Biggers, and absolutely nowhere as Jason brings him down. Wow, man. If you guys could see what Jesse Brimmeyer is doing to this offensive line. It's a thing of beauty. He was able to just completely devour the two guys up front, which freed the gap for number 44, Finley Jamison, to come in there and make the tackle. And that's cool for Jamison, man, because he's only a sophomore. You've heard me say it before, but what a great time to be part of the Summit Spartans if you're a young guy because I've never seen this many sophomores play on a high school football team since I can remember, you know, announcing, you know, high school football. And I'm 42 years old now. Third and 14 on their own 35. Columbia pressure. Oh, and Trey Hunter tattoos. McCandless down at the 28. There he is, the man, Trey Hunter. I've been waiting to call his name all night. He's been quiet for the first quarter and a half, but six foot 225 devouring the defensive tackle and getting right there for the big sack. Well done, Trey Hunter. That's a big, like Matt mentioned, a big sack, and it will be another punt. So I can tell you, Summit's going to feel really good if they can get seven with the production of the Columbia offense. If you can get seven, you have four minutes left to do it in the second quarter. Kennard, will he fake it? He does the rugby, whoa, way up in the air. And over the head of Switzer, and he didn't field it. And Switzer says, I, I don't know, that just bu- – he kicked that about 45 yards in the air. I'll tell you this right now. Kennard for Central has not had a ton of looks so far to talk about on offense. But, man, some of this kid's punts have been, I'm not even joking, have been spectacular. Call it moonshots. There's such a drought for good kickers nowadays, especially going into the next level. I mean, he could legitimately get some looks as a punter and a kicker at the next level. That was fantastic. So 351 will stay here. It's 7-7, seven to seven, Summit out already on offense. And you're going to run. Off tackle left side. 
and just trying to power it. That's a good start for Summit. Five yards, it's good to see Dippled back. Left counter, they had the hole there, Dippled's back. And the one thing that Coleman really likes about Dippled is that he feels he hits the hole harder and better than any of the other running backs. So when they're running the counter and when they're running the trap, he likes Dippled in there because that kid runs downhill. Wade at quarterback, Wade hasn't done much. I mean, he's, he's produced long drives, but with seven points. And Wade will now run it. Wade in the clear, and he bangs his way for about seven yards, first down to the 38. Read zone, that's when Wade and the running back Dippled kind of start motioning to the right side. Again, if the defensive end comes upfield, Wade will keep it to go up the middle. If the defensive end crashes for the running back, um, crashes for the quarterback, that's when Wade will give it in there. He kept it, so that means that defensive lineman came upfield. Wade gets the first down. 257, they're going to throw it. Wade's got time. Wide open. Hit Switzer down the field to the 22-yard line, but if Wade would have thrown it a little bit deeper, it would have been a touchdown. And again, and this is what Summit loves to do, is to establish the run game to get the defense worried about the run. And that's what Columbia Central did there. They were worried about that run play to the right. They over-pursued it. And then you got Switzer wide open again, going back to comfortability for Wade. He doesn't look too comfortable passing the ball. That was a touchdown, and he threw it a little bit short. Yep, wide open, but it's about 40 yards. Dippo bounces his way to the 15. A nice run. Going to be close to the stick there, and they're going to say... No, they're going to give him eight yards. And Epley, you can feel the momentum shifting back to Summit in terms of what these fans would think, where it's supposed to be. It's our home field, second round of playoffs. We looked phenomenal last week, and this starts to feel like the way it should be, but they got to execute and they got to finish this drive with only two minutes left. Wade will fake it. Wade's got it, juked left. And back up to the middle, he's down at the 10, first down Summit. And that's what I've been waiting to see out of Richardson, and we saw it last week. It's the first time I saw it tonight, which is good to be back. He took that defensive lineman and completely blew him off the ball. No joke, about 10 yards, and that opened up the first down. Well done. If we can see that continue to happen, which you would expect to happen, the longer this game goes on, this is what Summit's conditioned to do. They're conditioned to wear you down up front, and it's starting to look that way, especially on this drive. 134 left until halftime. Twins right. Man in motion going there, but they're going to go back left. Wade, Wade to the end zone, crosses the goal line. Boom. He is in for six. Touchdown, Summit. He was untouched. We got to say untouched right there. Kudos to the offensive line. That's what we were expecting tonight. Again, counter, fake counter, counter, fake counter. Right there, right up the middle. Wade untouched, had a hole that you could drive a truck through, and that's what Summit wants to do. And it's the first time since the first drive we've really seen it. So it's encouraging to see, like, hey, they're back. What's also encouraging is Crane makes the extra points, 14-7. to seven. Everyone get your roll on. We're here live in Williamson County, 14 for Summit, 7 for Columbia. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. It's the playoffs, and it's on TriStar Sports Radio. JP and the gang will take it over. But before that, 
a big touchdown from Wade. Summit scored on the first possession. It took the fifth possession to score their second one. And now Columbia will get it going backwards and down DeAndre Williams goes. The senior tried to go from right to left and is tackled at the 19. Now, I want to say this when I bring him back. you got to watch out. No first downs besides one bomb for 80 yards across the field. If you give it back to Summit, I guarantee Coach Coleman might start calling timeouts. You do not, you cannot afford if you're Coach Hope to go down two touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a run and a pass standpoint, Columbia Central's offense has been basically very snooze fest, right? So right here, if they run the ball, I'd like to see Coleman take some timeouts because, I mean, as something we know about the Spartans, they could score in two or three plays, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Going to throw it down the line and tackled for a gain of two. And a nice play by Jolly. And Coach Coleman is elected not to call the timeout. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So this may do it. Well, this is my opinion. I think this helps Columbia Central. If I'm Coleman, I'm taking timeouts. Uh, You never know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, they're not worried about Columbia Central's offense. Let's be honest. I mean, there's one broken play. So you think long run, you know, it's not going to be much of a factor, but you never know. I think Summit's missing an opportunity to put a little bit of extra points on the board potentially. Well, incomplete pass right there from McCandless. He tried to hit Kennard on the slant. So now it's third down and eight on the 20 with 26 seconds left. So this this, this will tell you. But with Kennard's kicking ability, you're not going to block it. It's a rugby-style kick. But. I'll, t- I'll tell you this point. If I'm Columbia Central, I'm running the ball. I am not going to pass the ball. You're on the 20-yard line. you got to go 80 yards for a score. You haven't got a first down besides a broken play. I mean, let's just you know use common sense here. And there you go. They ran it. And they do. Back to the line of scrimmage. Coach Coleman, will he call timeout? No, he's not going to put Kennard back there. Well, yes, he is. But it took six seconds, and now he did it. So we're going to stay here 13 seconds. He could have – there was 19 seconds, but he elected to wait six seconds. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting. I mean, here's – depending on the punt from Kennard, you should suspect Summit to get the ball somewhere around the 40 or 50, barring not a big return. And this offense can score in two or three plays. Can they do it in six seconds? Probably not. That's why I would have liked to see the timeouts a little bit sooner to put your players in a position. But now switch that to Columbia Central. If you would have told Columbia Central before tonight, you're going into Summit, second round of playoffs. They blew you out 35-0 last time. And it's only going to be 14-7 at half and you're getting the ball. This is a victory for Columbia Central. So... That's why I'm, I'm I'm a little bit shocked on both sides of the ball. If I was Columbia Central, I wouldn't have given an opportunity for Summit to get the ball back. And if I was Summit, I would have gave my kids more time on the clock. But, you know, whatever. I could play armchair quarterback all night. At the end of the day, Columbia Central hasn't been able to move the ball. Summit should be fine either way. This is a wicked spread for a punt uh, with basically putting out three gunners on the right side. I'm assuming he's going to kick it right because the gunners are there, and he does. And it's going to go dead, and wherever it stops, seven seconds, it's going to be down at the 41 and with about with exactly four seconds. 
So barring nothing crazy, I mean, knowing Coleman, not calling timeout so far, they're probably going to take a knee and go into halftime. But just hypothetically, play my game for a second. Summit could have got the ball with a minute back. Summit could have got the ball on the 40-yard line with a minute and one or two timeouts left. They can score in that, you know, position. Again, are they worried about it? No, because Columbia Central, you know, hasn't been able to get a first down besides that big play. So, again, tomato, tomato, 14-7. I think this is closer than it should be. Not too worried about Summit going into halftime, but they definitely need to make some adjustments and concentrate on what they do best and really harp on that offensive line say, hey, we need to do a better job with the exception of that last drive. It hasn't been great. Five possessions for Columbia, four three and outs, and one bomb for 80 yards. And it trails by seven points. So it's 14 to seven is your halftime score. We're going to toss it back up to the studio and let JP take it away. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. Summit Spartan Playoff Football is on TriStar Sports Radio. It's 14 to 7. And it's been dominated by Summit. The score might not might not be indicative of it, but I, I can tell you this. Um, two possessions for the uh, Spartans looked very well. Other two possessions, the drive stalled off penalties and one three and out in a kneel down. But Destin Wade has looked pretty good. Uh, and overall for Columbia, I mentioned this before we went off the air. Five possessions, four three and outs, one pass thrown across the field for 80 yards, and literally Buckman ran it all the way in, and that's been it for Columbia. But it's 14-7. to seven. So before we get to the um, the stats for tonight, we have a, uh, a gentleman on our team who gives us the stats, and, and you'll read the stats in just a second, Matt, but – we're going to bring Matt in. Remember, Matt was an American Idol finalist. <laughs> Just keep that keep that in mind. This is really happening so, right now, huh? We don't have to go the whole way, but we do want to say that um, Justin Lamb, I'm not going to give his age away, Justin Lamb, who's going to be part of the basketball broadcast as well, had a birthday yesterday. So, Matt, take it away at least for 10 seconds and show us our gratification or just to serenade the audience. You know what, Justin Lamb, you're a good man. Uh, you know, he works hard every week, brings us the stats. He does a phenomenal job, has a wonderful family. His wife is the uh, principal here mm-hmm. at Summit High School. They're just great people. They're a great family. So we celebrate you, Justin Lamb. And I'll just pick it up from my American Idol days. Of course, I had a lot more hair back then. By the way, thanks for voting for Fantasia Epley instead of me. No awkwardness here. But I'll just pick it up at the end. And I'll pull my microphone away so we can really hit that high note. Happy birthday, Justin Lamb. Happy birthday to you. There you go. And from all of us, Justin Lamb, we appreciate it. 
part of the broadcast. He's the stat guy. He's also filled in for Matt a couple of times when we had to have him. Matt, turn it over to you. Give, give the audience some stats for tonight, at least from halftime. I could also do the uh, rap version. You know, we'll, keep, we'll just keep it Happy right the there. Birthday to, well, uh, okay. Just in the, okay, here we go. So stats, you know, like we said, with the exception of the one big play for Columbia Central, they basically have not existed on the field. They have negative 10 rushing yards. Two completions out of six attempts for 82 yards. One of those pass plays was for the 80-yard touchdown. Now let's go over to the Summit Spartans. Total offense, 243 yards. They have 81 passing yards, 162 yards on the ground. The leading rusher, obviously, is the one and only Destin Wade. 13 attempts, 125 yards, and the touchy. And then, of course, uh, other than him, you got Brandon King, Seven attempts, 20 yards. Dippled, four attempts, 17 yards. And then Zach Switzer has a couple attempts but doesn't have a lot of positive rushing yards, which I think that's the big story. And you got to give Wade credit. I mean, there's so many yak yards by Destin Wade that you don't see it, you know, at this level in high school football because when someone touches Destin Wade, he can just absolutely just – when we talk about those yak yards, yards after catch, well, we'll call them yar yards, yards after run. He gets hit two and three times, and he'll still turn in for 20 and 30-yard runs. And here we go to start the third quarter. Crane will kick it. Williams lost it. Williams, it's going to bounce, and it was out of bounds at the 10-yard line, and he touched it. What a mistake as Williams lost the ball in the lights, and he touched it, and he stepped out of bounds at the 10. Yeah, and one thing that, you know, we didn't see in the first half that we may or may not see in the second half is turnovers. Both of uh, both teams have really done a good job of protecting the football when they run. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see as long as this game goes on, that's how these players get more tired, get a little bit more loose with the football. We might see a turnover in the second half. We haven't seen one yet. So what can the senior six foot two, 165-pound quarterback do, Brady McCandless? Will they elect to throw it or run it to get it 90 yards? Two seconds into the third quarter, we welcome you. Summit leads by seven, and they're going to choose to run it, and down he goes. Maddox Reed, a loss of five on the play. The big defensive end, number 42, Maddox Reed. He passes the eye test on all levels, six foot five, 225 pounds with the tackle for loss. And as you can see, Melton is sticking with his traditional 3-4 defense. That's three linemen up front with your four linebackers. And your three-down linemen, Hunter, Brimmeyer, and Maddox Reed, are some of the best in the business. They've been absolutely dominating tonight. And McCandless, two receivers to the left, standing on his own goal line. And he's going to throw it out and overthrew Blaine Davis in the flat, and now it's third and 15 on the five. Yeah, again, I mean, we, we, we read off the stats before the halftime. They had negative 10 rushing yards heading into the second half. Now you can call it negative 15 rushing yards. I mean, wow. The absolute domination up front for the Summit Spartans has been phenomenal. And, again, that's three defensive linemen going against five offensive linemen, and they're winning that battle convincingly. Four wide receivers. Buckman off the right hip of McCandless. In his own end zone. Pressure. They're going to throw a screen play. Out to the right, to the 10, to the 15. 
and he's about a yard short. So, whoa, if Cotton saved the first down. Great tackle by Ja'Kalen Cotlin to do exactly what you said, save the first down. I like the call by Melton right there. He took those defensive linemen, he slanted them inside, and then the uh, middle backers came down. We called that back when I played the old Buckeye blitz. That's when your defensive line slant on the inside A gap, and then your linebackers blitz the B gap. Man, the Columbia Central just called the right play there with that screen, so well done by them. But I hope Melton continues to stay aggressive. That was fun to watch. And here goes Kennard. Kennard kicks one, a pretty good one, and Pierce is back at the 45. He retreats to the 41, and his knee went down when he tried to reverse field, and he's down at the 41. So, in my opinion, this drive right now by the Summit Spartans is really going to be the telltale for how this game is going to end. If this drive is like their last drive, and they drive all the way down the field and score convincingly, you know, you could pretty much put the nail in the coffin because Columbia Central's offense is has been a dismal tonight against defense. But if they can keep it and they don't score here, you keep Columbia Central in the game and you give them hope. 10-25, third quarter. On the 41, hands it off to Dipple. Dipple goes for two yards to the 43. And I will mention this for the listeners. Coach Coleman has elected to go with Mason Richardson at right tackle. We've seen two players out there, and Mason starts the third quarter. And I mean, he's earned it. Not to say anything about anybody else, but Richardson's earned it, man. He played phenomenal last week. He is driving kids off the ball. He's the only one that I've really called his name tonight because you always see him on the second level. He's getting up on those linebackers, or he's taking his down defensive lineman and driving him five, six yards off the ball. Yeah, they got – they. They pinched in on that and beat him to the spot. Lost two yards right there for Dipple. Now it's third and 11. Again, telltale right here. Passing play for sure. Can the offensive line create the pocket and keep Wade comfortable? We saw in the second play of the game the best defensive lineman, Antoine Moore, has been out. He's not going to return tonight. Third and 11 on the 40. Wade. Since Pearson motion. Wade's going to run it. Wade's got some room. Wade to the 50. 45-40. 35-30. And they say, stop, Mr. Wade. You're down at the 31. Check you know, it. 35. It's just, it's so unpredictable. I mean, when do you see a team that is third and 11 and they run the ball and, and, they, and they get 30 yards on it? only with the Summit Spartans, which is good and bad. Good because they can do it and no one can really stop Wade. Bad because, I mean, does that show lack of confidence in the passing game? I don't know. Y'all could be the judge of that one. 9.05, and and here comes Dipple. Dipple gets back to the line of scrimmage, maybe lost a half yard. Nice pursuit there by the Lions and Carter Sidlowski. One thing that's worth mentioning, every time Destin Wade, shouldn't say every time, 99% of the time, Destin Wade touches the ball to run it. You get at least five yards. On average, probably eight or nine yards. When you see these running backs carry the ball, it's two yards or less. That was a loss of one. So what does that tell you? Dippold is one yard, negative two, negative one on his three rushes this quarter. Destin Wade, one for 26. And here comes Destin Wade, and they got him. And down he goes to loss of one. 
And nice pursuit in the middle by Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks and Shane Cobb, the defensive end. He's the senior for Columbia. Man, did he give those Spartans a run for their money in game one. And he's doing it again tonight. Again, you cannot discount the Columbia Central defensive line. They've been doing a really, really good job tonight. And they are the reason they are still in the game. Speeding the offense up. It's third down and 13 on the 37. They got it when they needed 11. Can they get it when they need 13? It's Wade. Wade comes up into the secondary, and he's not going to get it. He's about a half yard short. What do you do now? He needed about 13. He got 12 and a half. I will bet my house that they are going to do a quarterback sneak with Destin Wade. Babe, if you're listening, I just bet the farm. Epley's taking it. I am. If it is not a quarterback sneak, which it's not going to be because he's <laughs> in the shotgun. Oh, babe, I just blew it. We are uh, we have nowhere to stay. Fourth and one. It will be a, a lead for Wade. Wade <laughs> hits the outside. The accelerator. Nitro boost. Crosses the goal line. Listen. <laughs> I was halfway right. It was a quarterback run. And he is in. So just like a lightning bolt, number one thrashes through the defense. I mean, if, if you were going to give a football player that's that dominant a number, would you not give him number one? I mean, it just suits him every time Destin Wade touches the ball. It's a high probability he's going to score, and it's a certainty it's going to be positive yards. So we'll take a commercial break, and there's your answer. Matt told you it's going to be a big telltale sign for the second half. 21 Summits, 7 Columbia. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Once again, here's Mike Eppley. Welcome back in. 7.06, third quarter. We appreciate you listening. And I do want to remind you, the playoffs are here, and TriStar Sports Radio has you covered. Join J.P. Plant, Coach Mike, and the cast of dozens for TriStar Friday Night Live. Tune in following our game for scores and brackets, updates from all across Middle Tennessee. And you can hear from those that were at the game. TriStar Friday Night Live covering the playoffs as it happens in reaction after the lights turn off. The return for Columbia will go out to the 35-yard line. And now with Summit up 21-7, to you have one first down if you're a Lion fan in in six possessions. And that's a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I would suspect to see some sort of trickery misdirection right here because if Columbia doesn't score right here, uh, you can pretty much start warming up the car. Honey, grab the kids. Let's get the car going. Uh, it's, you know, I hate to call games this early, but we have not seen anything out of the Lions offense with the exception of that one big play. they got to do something right here. they got to score. And the score, it would be 65 yards. And McCandless will start in the shotgun with five wide receivers for Columbia, trailing by 14. Going to try to pump fake it, throws it to Buckman, and literally he's the guy who catches it uh, and runs it 
gets about three to four yards to bring up second down for Columbia. And if Columbia is going to do something, that's what they have to do. Quick three-step drops, get rid of the ball because you can't do five-step drops and throw this ball down the field 10, 15, 20 yards. It's just not going to happen. The Summit defensive line is too good. They're dominating too much. So you got to run quick slants, hitches, stuff like that to start moving the ball. I'm surprised it's taken Columbia this long to catch on. McCandless will look left and throw it out to Kennard. And, oh, he should have caught it. It almost – it actually went between the one and five on his jersey. It's third and six on the 39. Yeah, that's just a dr- – Drop pass by the receiver right there. Kennard, obviously one of their best <laughs> offensive players. We've highlighted him as a punter, and it just went right through his hands right there. He was wide open. It was the right call, the right play. And the frustrating thing for the Lions is that was one of the first times they really gave their quarterback time. You just got through me, hear, me hearing, uh, hearing me say no five-step drops. Well, they did it there. It would have worked, but he dropped the ball. Six sixteen left in the third quarter, 21-7. They're going to pump it and try to get it across the middle, and they do. It's complete out to the 50. That is the first first down since the Hail Mary pass. So, Buckman, that's their transfer from Michigan. He did a quick little bubble screen. You thought they were going to try to get him the ball in space. They pump faked it to him, which left the receiver up the field open for the seam. Now, the interesting thing is, Now we've seen this offensive line actually give the quarterback time these last couple of snaps. If they can continue to do that, it looks like these receivers are getting open, and this could be positive for the Columbia Central Lions. So that was to Evan Sandman across the middle, and they throw one down the line to the right side, and it will be Buckman. Buckman makes a player miss. Uh, Aiden Bird missed the tackle, and he's up to the 43, gain of five. Gain of five. This is surprising for Columbia Central. They're moving the ball. We haven't seen that tonight. This is what they need to stay in the game because the only team that's been able to stick close to the Spartans were the Franklin Admirals, and, of course, they came out with the victory. Five minutes left in the third quarter, and Columbia and Coach The offensive coordinator, Scott Tillman, is electing to throw it. And he's going to throw it again. Across the middle, out to the outside. It's complete. Another missed tackle, and that was Wirtz. Wirtz just whiffed, and down they go to the 20-yard line. A big play. I think you could tell from uh, from the looks of it, Columbia Central has picked up a couple keys. They definitely made the adjustments. They're going to the quick pass game. It's working. They're running the bubble screens. It's working for three or four. Then they're faking the bubble screens and getting 10-15. Now they're actually in the red zone, and they're knocking, knocking on the door. Yes, uh, almost one yard from the red zone. That would be the first snap in the red zone for Columbia. McCandless looks across the middle, and Kennard catches it, and he's down to the one, a 20-yard play. Now this is going to be interesting. Will the Spartans be like the Tennessee Titans defense and actually stand up on the goal line? They've had negative 15 yards rushing, and they're going to run it right here, but unfortunately, that's a touchdown. And late signal it is, and quarterback Snake McCandless will score. Wow. Shocked to just read off the stats that we've read off to see how they came out to start the second half, talking about the Lions, which was – The game was all but over. Talked about how this drive was pretty much pivotal 
to stay in the game or else you're warming up the car and driving home. Columbia Central has beckoned the call. They've made it a one-score game, and now we're back into a dogfight. And the kick from Max Patton is good. So it's 21-14. to 14. We'll take a 30-second commercial break. We'll come back. Summit Football. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Third quarter, 21 for Summit, 14 for Columbia. Columbia, the road team, this is the second round of the playoffs. The loser goes home. And that was a big answer, as Matt Rogers mentioned, (laughs) by uh, Columbia. And now it's another squib kick and a huge collision. Oh, wow. And did he lose the football, or is it just a hard lick? Okay, it's going to say, no, the... Yeah, Austin. Yes, he did fumble but recovered. So the big lick, wow. Austin Gruder's put it on the ground, but Summit recovered, and we'll start on the 33. Yeah, if I'm the offensive line coach here for the Summit Spartans, I am getting in my guy's face, and I'm going to say, if anyone besides Wade touches the ball, we better start seeing some positive yards because other than Wade, we haven't really seen too much from the other running backs, and I think that's a telltale for how well this offensive line is doing. And sending shake in motion, and Switzer goes to the left as well. As we await, and Wade will hand it off. Up the middle, nice run right off the tackle is King. That's nice, and that's that left counter. I've been calling it all night. It's about the seventh or eighth time they've ran it. Why do you ask? Like we've done before. They do it. They do it well, so there's no reason to go away from it. That's about the seventh or eighth time you've seen it, and you will see it again before the night's over. 21-14, Wade in the shotgun, four wide receivers. Doubles on each side. Going to throw it down the line to Jolly and just slips down and goes back to the line of scrimmage. That's what we call the old sniper. You're wide open, you got open field ahead of you, and you just fall. That means someone sniped you from the back. Uh, disappointing because you know Jolly would have done something special with that. He definitely would have got the first down. But uh, now they're at third and three, so I'm assuming Wade will probably run it. And a timeout is one official will fix the jersey for Brady Pierce. <laughs> so three yards on your own 40, and Wade's at quarterback. You need this first down to keep the drive alive. And Wade will run it. Wade breaks three tackles, and he's upended, but he gets five yards. You know, he got the first down, but he paid for it. That's the defensive end. Shane Cobb absolutely popped him. If this was the NFL, he probably would have got a helmet-to-helmet call. But uh, that's one one hit that Destin Wade might be feeling tomorrow. And uh, Cobb's a good player, man. He gave us some problems in game one, and tonight we're really starting to call his name, especially towards the second half here. So the first down for Summit as Wade will stand on the 40 and hand it off on the sweep to King. He rolls around, probably a penalty against Columbia, but he gets nine yards. Yeah, you heard me say his name last play. That's Shane Cobb. He's going to get called for the personal foul on that one. 
uh, uh, excuse me, King got around the perimeter, uh, got the edge, and got around Cobb. Cobb, great hustle, coming back and jumping on top of him, but he got called for the face mask right there, hitting him a little bit late and wrapping his arm around there, and that's going to be a personal foul. One more of those, he's gone. So it's 15 yards. And, and Cobb, he's... He's kind of the spark plug of this defense as well. So you know he's going to be making some more plays, some more energetic plays. But, again, you, you don't want to silence him too much, but you, you want to be cautious because if he gets one more personal foul, he's out, and, and they cannot lose him on defense. On the 31 of Columbia, fake way gets back to the line and gets one yard, and Cobb gets it. I will mention Cobb played uh, on uh, in these games as a freshman. So that tells you how much experience he has. He, so he's been playing for four years. He's a senior now, huh? Long time. You know him pretty well. Long time. Yeah, he's a, he's a really, really good player. Kid like that, I mean, you know, from, from a size standpoint, 5'11", 174, not the ideal college yeah, yeah. defensive line linebacker. But you want kids like that to continue to play at the next level, whether it's JUCO or whether it's, you know, a smaller school. And thrown behind Pierce. He was open on the slant. Wade missed him. And it maybe could have been caught. But now it's third down and 10 on the 31. I cut my sentence short there because I wanted you to be able to announce that. But going back to Cobb and going back to these smaller schools, mind you, I'm a JUCO guy. So it took me two years to go to JUCO before I got that D1 offer. Players like Cobb, you want to see them keep playing because they can really help teams win games and they can open an opportunity for themselves down the road. 122 left in the third quarter. It's third and 10. What are they going to do? King gets it. King will run it down to the 27 so they get half the yardage. What are you doing if you're Coleman? This is right where Coleman wants them. Fourth and five, dial up Destin Wade. Now, the interesting thing is what is Columbia Central going to do? Because between myself Everyone in the crowd, everyone listening, and obviously the Columbia Central Lions, you know Destin Wade's going to keep the ball. We needs five and a half with 55 seconds left, and here we go. Will he hike it? Yes. Wade's going to run it. Wade off the left side. Wade breaks one tackle, two tackles. We've got a flag on the play. Wade's down at the 14. But hold everything. There's a flag in the middle of the field. And it's a hold against Summit. Where is the hold going to be? It's in the middle. So that negates a first down for Summit. It's going to be interesting to see what Coleman does here because now you're at first and 13, or I'm sorry, fourth and 14, and looks like he's going to punt it. Wow. All of a sudden, we got a dogfight, huh? Fourth and 14 on 35. And, yep, they're going to punt it. And, actually, we're going to see Cooper Hall out to punt. And Hall will kick an end over end. Yeah, Good get kick. On the Great kick. And down at the one, it Great looks kick. like. And what a play. We'll stay here. 32 seconds left. Good for Cooper. I mean, that, that was that was textbook right there. I mean, that thing landed at about the 12-yard line and rolled all the way down to the one. 
I mean, you, you couldn't be in a better position defensively for Summit. Now, I would not run the football if I'm Columbia Central right here. Typical offense, I would. Because if an offensive line gets called for holding on pass play in the end zone, it's an automatic safety. Which is why in this situation, you normally run the ball. But Columbia Central's negative rushing, I wouldn't run the ball if I'm them. I can't wait to see what they do. 32 seconds. It's going to be a quarterback sneak. McCandless gets a yard, and he's pushed back in the wow. end zone. And you better watch it. Yeah. And that could have been a personal foul. And I would have probably, and I'm telling you, I would have thrown the flag. That was a, well, he gets slammed to the turf by Reed. Summit dodged a bullet right there. They, they did they dodge really a bullet. Did, yeah. And they get a yard. Would be, no, they're going to give it two yards on McCandless, and that's going to be the end of the quarter. So we're going to go to the fourth quarter. It's 21 Summit, 14 Columbia. Columbia's got the football. It'll be second and eight on their own three when we come back. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. minutes left in round number two of the 5A playoffs. 21-14. Summit leads Columbia at home. The winner will face the winner of Hillsboro Beach. So we'll see. Whoever wins will be on the road. McCandless will throw it. Oh my He's going to air one out and it is Whoa, underthrown, and Kennard dropped it again, and Wirtz has got a little beat there on the coverage, but it helped that the ball is underthrown, yeah. and now it's incomplete, third and eight on your own three. It's interesting because Kennard is, you know, one of their, if not the best receiver on Columbia Central, and that's the second big drop he's had tonight. I mean, you know, the Lions have really leaned on him in more ways than just offensively with him being the punter as well. But those are plays that he's got to make. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're back against the wall and they could be, you know, looking much better in this drive. And pressure, screen pass out to Buckman. And a first down for Columbia. A guy, they got about nine and needed eight. Yeah, that, I mean – I got to give credit to the Columbia Central coaching staff right now. Last drive and this drive, they've really had some its number defensively. You got to think Melton's going to switch some things up to get back to where he was earlier on in this game. But Columbia Central, I mean, it's official. This has been a different football team offensively in the second half than what we saw in the first half. They're moving the ball. They're getting first downs. They're throwing the ball. Dare I say, it's, it's a dogfight right now for the Spartans. They didn't think this was going to happen. Well, they moved the ball in the last possession. The first one, they went three and out, so they figured something out in the last possession. They're going to continue to fire it, and across the middle, and it's dropped by Blaine Davis at the 15-yard line. So it'll be second down and 10 on the 12. Man, these, uh, we're going to have to uh, 
in the offseason, assuming Columbia Central loses tonight, we're going to have to go over some wide receiver catch drills because the only reason they're not moving the ball a little bit more effectively right now is these receivers are dropping the ball. But they're getting open. The quarterback's doing a great job delivering it. And surprisingly, the offensive line for the Lions is really doing a pretty decent job last drive and this drive. These receivers got to catch the ball. And it is Williams in the backfield now with McCandless. The pressure, Hunter. Oh, missed him. McCandless avoids it. Slingshots one back across the middle. Kennard's got it. First down, 11 yards. Trey Hunter with the opportunity to make a big sack there, and he just barely misses him by the shoelaces. Gives the quarterback the ability to roll outside the pocket. Fine Kennard finally brings in the ball like we know he can, and he gets the first down. Kennard is a guy you don't want to get the ball in space because he can make plays. 10 minutes and 54 seconds, 21-14 is the score, and Columbia in prime position to tie the game. If they can score, it would be a shock to the system for everyone here as Summit tries to get back to the state championship. Pressure, and down he goes by the jersey on the right shoulder. By number 55, that is Hooks. Uh, 55, that's actually Big Johnny Sloan. What they like to do is when they go to the four-man front, They'll rotate Johnny Sloan in there, and he makes a play. He was supposed to play a lot more last week, but this week it's good to see him get in there and clog up that hole. Johnny Sloan comes from a big football family, huge Auburn fans, so you know that everyone across the state of Alabama and, of course, in the stands right now are cheering for Big uh, big 5-5 Johnny Sloan. And second down and 12, it's knocked to the ground. We will go down to third down, and this is a big down with 9.47 left for the Lions. Melton made some adjustments. They moved in Johnny Sloan. They switched to that four-man front. And you remember earlier on, Epley, we talked about when they think someone's going to run the ball, they'll put three linemen in. When they think they're going to throw it, they'll bring in Johnny Sloan. They'll put in that fourth defensive lineman, and that's what they're doing. And as you can see, the momentum's starting to shift right now a little towards Summit because they're putting pressure, and, uh, and Nelton's made the adjustments. And third and 12, and McCandless is pressured, and he has to throw it because Trey Hunter was breathing down his neck, and now a punting situation for Columbia, and this might be – where you're not expecting it on your own 20, you need 12 yards, you might run that rugby guy out. Yeah, and for uh, for the high school coaches that are at home listening right now, whether you're not in it anymore or you're not able to play, this is what makes great coaches great, able to make adjustments. And that's what Melton does, in my opinion, better than anyone. He's done a great job all year. And just in this game, which is a little bit tighter than we expected, he made the right adjustment there, switching that defensive front, switching the coverage a little bit, and now they were able to stop him, slow the momentum down, now put the ball back in Wade's hands. You got nine and a half left. If we could score right here, confidence goes up. Columbia Central probably a little bit tougher for them to pull it out obviously being down by two scores so kudos to melton he really uh brought the momentum back there well 9 29 21 14 summit will get it on their own 48 i will say 
Uh, Columbia gets it out of their own red zone, and here's Wade. Wade jukes right. He still hammers down right up to the 40-yard line and way down actually at the 41 of Columbia. So that will be an 11-yard stepper for Mr. Wade. Yeah, and what we'll probably see is, you know, more running than normal just to juice that clock. You're at 9.15 and running. Coleman loves to run the ball. The run is working. I don't suspect to see too many passes here unless they get in a third down situation where they got to throw it. Nine minutes left in the game. Wade runs for the first down, and then he will. Ball will be on the dirt as Wade did the zone, and I think we have an injured player, or he's upset with himself. And we're going to see. Yeah, King gets up. He's. He slammed his fifth 15 times on the dirt. I don't know if he's upset he's supposed to take the ball or he was hurt. Well, he got lucky there because that was definitely a fumble recovered by Wade. It was the read zone that they like to do, and it was just a miscommunication, and that ball hit the ground, which is not what Summit wants to do right now. On the 41 of Columbia, 824 left. Wade's going to run that heavy draw to the left. Should I say power to the left would be the right down for eight yards. Nice run by Wade. It's so fun to watch Destin Wade run the ball. Not only is he fast, not only is he big, but, man, he reads holes better than most high school running backs I've ever seen. So he fakes the quarterback sneak. Wow. And he spins off a tackle, and he tight ropes and goes backwards into the end zone. Wow. Touchdown. Destin Wade, 32 that reminded me of my younger days when I would play Madden on Sega and hit the spin button the reverse way. He's rolling to the right, and he spins to the left, runs backwards, and, and they, scores. That was awesome. So Wade hurried up the offense and got there. It was third and a long two on about the 32-yard line. Well, he faked like he was going to go as a quarterback sneak. Everybody collapsed down. He spun off and took it towards the end zone, had to spin again, and he went in the, over the, the goal line backwards. Yeah, and the, the referee looks like they're going to give him an unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, obviously, you can hear the fans not too happy about it. That call can go either way. Here's why. He had those kids beat by 10 yards. Wade slowed down, looked back behind him, maybe taunted a little bit, but look at man. I'm an old school guy, Epley. Let the kids have a little fun. Let's not be that soft, you know what I mean? But whatever. It can go either way. I don't like the call. I see why they did it. Eh, I'm not a fan. And the extra point, he's got the leg, and it's good. 28-14 to score. Summit doubles up Columbia. 7.50 left in the game. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. This is Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. 7.50 left in the game. Summit 28-14 answered after Columbia is pinned on their own one. Gets a first down on a screen pass. Could not convert on a third and 12. Punted it away. Summit gets the ball midfield. 
Wade runs it for 11, hands to King. Wade goes back left, and then Wade hurries up the offense, gets up there, and everybody collapsed like he was going to run a quarterback sneak. He just basically breaks away to the right, and 32 yards later, going backwards across the goal line, he scores. So. It, it, it truly is a pleasure to watch. I'm, I'm going to get a little personal here. When I knew I was going to be working with you this year, I heard about the Wade brothers. I heard about Destin Wade. One thing I said to myself is, I'm not going to overhype. I'm not going to over-broadcast. I'm not going to just keep edifying him just because of whatever. I wanted to be subjective. Here I am now, seventh game announcing with you, and you cannot deny how good Destin Wade is. You have to give him credit for one of the best players in Tennessee. I haven't seen that. He ran right, spun left, and it was absolutely beautiful. The way he reads holes and then mixed it with his athletic ability, it's, it's a beauty to watch. I love it. So Woodson takes it out to the 44-yard line, and now Columbia in the hole. Down 14, 7, 42 left in the game. McCandless will throw it. Pressure eludes the pressure, zips it out to the right, and it's complete jolly in coverage. Nice catch. Gain of 11 yards by Sandman. Yep, the Sandman right there, and uh, interesting uh, the field position here. They're already in Summit territory on the 44-yard line. If uh, they can score right here, they keep it a game. If they can't punch it in right here, it's pretty much back to what I was saying about 10, 15 minutes ago. Sweetheart, warm the car up. It's time to go home. you got seven and a half minutes. You don't want the ball back in Destin Wade's hands if you're the Columbia Central Lions. Well, you don't know who's going to win this game. It's still in the fourth quarter, and once again, Summit hasn't played a lot of these games where you have to grind these fourth quarters. It may be a good thing if Summit can win this game and move forward, and we'll see. This is round number two. McCandless will fire across the middle, high through the hands of Kennard, second down and 10 on the 43-yard line. Yeah, if you're Columbia Central, this is where you have to play perfect football from the snap to the blocking to the stepping up and throwing. And again, hello, the catching. Got to catch the football. That's the fourth time that they've dropped a pass. And that time could have, should have, and would have been picked had it not gone, uh, you know, against uh, the summit. That, that should have been a turnover. He has three wide receivers, trips left for McCandless, and one's Kennard. I would assume he would throw to Kennard. Pressure, and down he goes. Back at the 46-yard line, and nice pursuit as we get the numbers, and it is, well, we're trying. It was not Hunter, and it was actually number 44. Jason back in there for the sack. Yeah, that's your linebacker. Kudos to Melton bringing the pressure. You know they're going to pass. Bring your quick little linebackers up the field. Your defensive line is good enough to give this offensive line some pressure. But then you sneak in Melton bringing in that linebacker at the at the end. And that's the sack right there. Kudos to Finley Jamison, the sophomore for the Summit Spartans. And McCandless will throw it. He's going to heave one. Jump ball and nice coverage by Works. He jumps up and he says, no, sir. Reed, I don't mean tonight. What I don't like here is I'm watching the side judge watch this battle up front between Trey Hunter and number 77 on Columbia Central. Sorry, I don't have his name. But 77 literally pulled Trey Hunter down by his jersey. I mean, it was right in front of the side judge. 
how we didn't get a holding call there, I have no idea. But, again, didn't matter. Incomplete pass. Someone's going to get the ball back. Is this the time well, they do a fake? Hoth decides not to go for it. I know it's fourth and 20, but you're almost at midfield. And I'm a little shocked here. Too. With the here, Here's why. There's, there's one – and I will say this is going to be a great punt because it's going to be down. We're going to stay here at the eight-yard line. But here's another thing you think about. Three possessions in the second half, two touchdowns. The odds aren't with you to stop Destin Wade. No. And I'm, and I'm not just saying Destin Wade, but he's been the, the, pro, the focal point of this offense for sure tonight. Look, every single game is different. Typical textbook football you punt it. This is not typical textbook football for two reasons. The first reason and number one is number one, Destin Wade. Don't give him the ball when you're down by two scores and you have an opportunity. Secondly, Columbia Central's got a little momentum off on offense. So you keep the ball. I wouldn't punt it there because here you go. Look at him go. And Wade at 604 will start the drive on the eight. That's probably three or four yards off the left. Trust me, as a Summit announcer, I'm happy to see them punt right here. I'm going to project that Summit is going to bleed the clock. Wade may or may not break a big one for a touchdown, but either way, we're at 530 right now. By the time the Lions touch the ball again, I'm presuming if they do, it's only going to be a minute or 30 seconds left on the clock. Is Wade going to snap this with 20 seconds? He does. Destin Wade is snapping the ball with 20 seconds still on the game clock. I, uh, Something's got to get – somebody's got to give him the message. Yeah. Burn the clock! <laughs> I think they no, heard that, you. Well, that, that could. <laughs> We've had more interaction from the audience tonight than I can remember. Uh, but, yeah, but, you're, but no, you're exactly right but, but going back to the game, it's, you're now on your 11-yard line. You need seven yards. It's third down. And you want to bleed the clock. And I could tell you, uh, with Wade snapping it with 24 and now 11. So let me think about this. Wade goes down. Look, let me think about this. Wade gets sacked. He left 34 seconds on the play clock in just two snaps. I'm I'm just saying. uh, I agree with you 100%. I don't don't understand it. Hey. I'm just going to throw it out. The more I announce Tennessee football with you guys, the, the more I don't understand some things coming from, from the West Coast. I don't understand why Columbia Central gave them the ball back. Obviously, now in the situation, I was it's wrong. Works, they, yeah. they, they, they were right. I never thought in a million years we would see that. It was, it was different. Uh, the, well, I never thought in a million years we would snap the ball with 24 and you're 11. Right. You're right. On the play clock. Th- that's why, I mean – and the, and the game clock right now shows four minutes and thirty three seconds. It was impossible. It was. I'm just gonna say it was impossible for Columbia Central to get the ball back with four minutes and thirty three seconds left. It should have never happened. They didn't even burn a timeout. I mean, good for them. But as a summit announcer, you know, not good. Do I think it's gonna cost some of the game? No, but it could. You're in a position now to something could possibly happen for. Columbia Central. We've only seen them do one trickery. You know something else has got to be coming. Let's see what happens. I mean, you know, it, it keeps getting better and better this game. Well, first things first, we need Hall to hit one pretty good, and it's going to go out of the end zone to the 40, and it's going to be a pretty good punt. He's going to get him back to midfield, so not bad for Hall there. 
But still, Columbia Central getting the ball on the 49-yard line. If they can score in two minutes, you're, you're back in the game. They got a little momentum. Uh, Melton's going to continue to bring some heat here. We're going to see some pass. We're going to continue to see some domination up front with the offensive line. But I'm excited to watch Trey Hunter go against number 77 for the Lions because the way that last one ended was pretty nasty between the two of them. So I'm, that's what I'm going to be watching on this play. I'm excited. Four minutes and 21 seconds left in the game. Second round of the playoffs. Losers go home. Winner keeps going. 28 Summit, 14 Columbia. And the pit pop pass to Buckman. Buckman going right, and oh, he's going backwards. Thanks to Gavin Wells, the senior pushes him back for a loss of five. I don't get it why you're running that play when you haven't ran the ball successful all night. That's a pass. In the, in, in the book, it's a pass. Yeah, but it's, it's a pop pass. But I know I get it. Pop pass. The guy's coming in motion. Yeah, yep. It's basically a sweep. Instead of handing it off, you just pitch it to the guy. But either way, I don't get it. Second and 13. Good for uh, or good for uh, the Spartans. And throwing it outside. Is this a lateral? Pick it up. And they finally call it. And it was close to being a lateral as McCandless McCandless tried to throw it down the line to Kennard, and that was really close and picked up by Jolly. So here's what I'm excited about on this play. We got the three defensive linemen back in there. Uh, Pardon me. We got the four defensive linemen back in there. Melton's going to go with those four down linemen. If he brings the pressure right here, our DBs are going to have to play some big defense. I would love to see a pressure sack right here because it's highly possible. 3.42 left in the game. It's third and 14. Columbia has the ball on their own 46. McCandless trips left. McCandless will throw it. He gets it to Kennard. He's going to be about three yards short, and I know Jason Holt's going to go for it. Yeah, he will, and that uh, Melton brought the blitz that time. Almost there, but the running back for the Lions did a great job picking up that linebacker blitz. And, you know, kudos to the offensive line and what they're doing right there. They were able to get that pass off fourth and four now. What's going to happen, Epley? I'm on the edge of my seat. On the 44, and this is probably the play. Because if you kick it back to Summit with only 309, it could be all she wrote here in Williamson County. We'll see. They're going to throw it across the middle, and it's complete. Complete to the 34. It's the coach's son, Jace Hoth, the tight end. Up to the 34-10 yard game. Columbia Lions keep their hopes alive, and now they're going to the no huddle. They're back on the ball. And here they go, and McCandless, whoa. He spiked that one, so now they're going to be in a second down situation. But Yeah, I'm not sure that, that I would have done that because you still have 253. and <laughs> Three timeouts, I hear you. Oh, no, they have two timeouts. Yeah. Sorry. So we'll see. Second down, they elect to spike it. And going to move these receivers out to the right now. This is the wide side of the field. McCandless will look right. Is he going to go to Kennard? The same route. Wow. And he completes it. It's the same route the other way. It's a basically a, a crossing pattern. And Kennard picks it up and gets all the way down to the 18-yard line. They run trips to the right-hand side. They have that inside receiver run the little out route. They have the outside receiver run the post. And that middle receiver runs the seam or a 10-yard hitch, whatever you will, turns around at 10 yards. He's wide open, first down on the 19 for Columbia. And spikes it again. Okay, so 2.32 left in the game. McCandless 
goes to the line of scrimmage, gets it, and spikes it. So now is inside the red zone for the Lions at the 18-yard line. What does Melton dial up here? You lead by 14. You stop here, and the game's over. Stop here. The game is over. Uh, This is all defensive line play right here. We have not seen any pressure on the defensive line for this drive. They're going to need to do something big here. McCandless looks right, comes across the middle. Kennard again. He is eating their lunch across the middle. A tackle by Summit, and he's close to another first down. And they're saying yes. I was going to say, here's what's happened. I'll talk fast because they're going no huddle. Actually, I'll wait and see what they do. And McCandless will spike it. it, And now... We'll see as the Lions at the seven-yard line. So here's the interesting thing about the Summit Spartan defense. They've been fantastic all year. This, unfortunately, is their weak spot. When they get inside of the red zone, Melton likes to run that four across with his safeties and his corners. What that does is that opens up, oddly enough, the middle of the field because they find those gaps and they find those holes and they're able to move the ball. That's why I'm putting such an emphasis on the defensive line. I'd love to see him make a sack right here. 219 left. McCandless pressure by Reed. He throws one. Did he step out of bounds first? The official blew the whistle. Is it an incomplete pass? Are they ruling McCandless stepped out about at the 12? Line of scrimmage was the 8. Right now, the whistle I heard, and it seemed to me like McCandless stepped out. Pressure is on right here for the Lions. They dodged a bullet right there. Should have never thrown that ball across his body and just kind of lofted it up in the end zone, hoping and praying for something to happen. And uh, they again, they dodge the ball right here. Columbia Central is going to get another shot to score. Yes, they're going to say McCandless stepped out of bounds off the right side, four-yard loss, third and 12. You got to score. 210 left. Trey Hunter. Pressure. Intercepted by Jolly at the 1. Jolly at the 20. Jolly at the 30. Jolly at the 40. Jolly down the field. And he's ripped down by the quarterback. And Matt will do it. That's right. Pack up the kids. Get the car warmed up. We're going back to Columbia. Spartans are going to win this game. Trey Hunter with the phenomenal rip and go, and he was right in the quarterback's face, forced him to throw that ball, and the human spark plug, Jolly, Caleb Jolly with the interception. Beautiful 55-yard return. That's going to do it, and the Spartans are going to go on to the third round, baby. Melton, I love you. You called the right defense. We did it again. Awesome job. Trey Hunter, my man. If I was down there right now, I'd give him a chest bump high five. I might even get really crazy and give him a headbutt, even though I don't have a helmet on, Epley, because that's what I'm all about, all right? That's what I'm all about. I will headbutt somebody with no helmet on because I'm crazy. What do you think about that? You want to headbutt me right now? Well, we're going to go back to the game first, Matt, and uh, (laughs) run for two yards. Wade will get it. Uh, I will tell you that Jolly took it from the one-yard line all the way out to the 40 of Columbia. He almost ran to Columbia, better yet. <laughs> so that was exciting. We have a score update in the third. This is going to be for all the Summit fans out there. Beach leads twenty-two to nothing. Ooh. So a lot of nemesis. people, a lot of people called Hillsboro. Let's just say it. 
Justin Lamb called Hillsborough. All right, let's call him out here. It's his birthday. Lamb. Yesterday was his. But but but, right. yeah, yeah, but you're right. <laughs> A timeout for Columbia, one forty-seven. So it looks like the trip for the Spartans will be up I sixty-five north to Hendersonville. So you know this better than I do. I mean, I came from out of town. I'm I'm in your world for the first time this year. From what I've read, Beach has kind of been the nemesis. No, for, for Columbia. Some, for Columbia. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, Columbia has never beaten Beach in the pl- in the playoffs. Uh, we'll look up what Summit has towards uh, Beach. Well, unless and, I was it, unless I was reading the wrong thing, I, I was I was cheating off you. I was reading your notes earlier, Epley. Yeah, well, you, you misread, so uh, we, we need to go back to school. We need to go back, and King will run it to the line of scrimmage. So now it's a big third down. This is the last timeout for Columbia, but it will be third and nine on the 40. I'm assuming you run one guy, you stay in the middle, you run the clock with 140, you could snap it with a minute left on fourth down or punt it. Well, but what you don't want is an incomplete pass. I would suspect that they're not going to pass it here. The run has been, you know, basically the go-to the entire night. Destin Wade, the go-to all of the time. So I'm going to call like that read zone, read counter, where Wade kind of fakes it like he's going to give it to the running back and he keeps it. So, I mean, you definitely want to keep the ball in Wade's hands. They're four yards shy of 300 yards rushing to Columbia Central's negative 29 yards rushing. So out of the 296 yards that the Spartans have, Destin Wade has 242 of them. Well, that was very similar to uh, what it looked like game one. If I can go back to this, give me one second. As he gave it. And gives it. Uh, to King, and that's going to be a first down, and that's going to, I believe, do it. I had the right play call, but I had the wrong execution. He gave it to King. Now, they ran that read, counter, if you will, read sweep to the outside. Again, the quarterback, Wade, is reading that defensive end. That defensive end crashes inside. He's going to give the ball, which he did, and that opened up the perimeter for King to get the winning first down. 126, the clock continues to run. They're up by two scores, and that is all she wrote, Mike. And I'm trying to pull these notes up, and my computer's just not cooperating right now. Knock, knock, knocking on it, please, door. Hey. Not, not, co- not cooperating. So I may not, and JP might get me on this one, I may not be able to get the read for him. That's victory formation right there. And uh, Wade's going to take the knee right there we That's passed it. over 300 rushing yards someone's going to come away with the victory a little bit tighter than we thought right mike a little bit yeah uh a little bit for sure it's it's going to be a 14 point victory for summit you're gonna have to kneel it down one more time and what we'll do is take about a minute or two commercial break come back and give you the stats that was exciting i feel like uh someone's going to learn a lot of things from this game i don't know if you want to talk about that when we get back but uh that w- that was one of the more for me, the most exciting game I've, I've called with you this year. I wish I would have been there for the indie game because that would have been yeah, off good. the hook. You missed me on that one. But uh, this was really, really fun. Spartans come out on top. Uh, fans are happy. Again, a little bit tighter than we thought, than probably Summit wanted. 
but they were still effective in what they do best, running the football with uh, 306 yards on the ground. Again, 242 of those yards come from Destin Wade and three touchdowns. We'll have all the stats for you. We'll be back. It's 28-14, or should I say that's the final from Williamson County, 28-14. Summit will be moving on to the third round. Columbia season's over. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. It's the playoffs, and it's on TriStar Sports Radio. Welcome back in. We're live here in Williamson County. A big win for uh, Summit tonight. The season continues, as I mentioned. We're in the playoffs to the third round we go. As right now we have, um, yeah, I think Beach might be the opponent for Summit next week. So that would be a one versus a one. As Columbia is just very, it was confusing to kind of follow what they did in the first half for Columbia. One first down, one touchdown. The second half, they come out, they you know, punt the football in the first possession, run a lot of plays, get a couple of third-down conversions, get within seven, then punt, punt, and then throw an interception. So it's really inconsistent uh, for Columbia. We figured it would be like that against the defense, but what I, we were kind of to- toying back, back and forth with is how, how good can or is Summit right now offensively? You need to be hitting on all cylinders as you continue – this is not rocket science, I'm about to tell you. The longer you play in the playoffs, the tougher it gets. So you're going to have to figure some things out for Summit. We will go uh, penalties. Uh, that's, that, that, those have been two drive stoppers in the first uh, five possessions for Summit. Destin Wade scored the other two, um, or actually with the throw to Jolly, and then Wade, a, t- six, a 10-yard TD run, and Wade comes back and performed amazing in the second half. And some of the offensive linemen played well, defensive linemen, as we mentioned. But we'll toss it over to Matt and kind of put her head around this moving forward. It looks like it's going to be beach, a long trip, hour and probably 30 minutes, 65 northbound all the way to Hendersonville. But a lot of stats and a lot of rushing here for a Summit tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're listening, if you thought tonight was exciting and tonight was good, uh, as my dad used to say, the good's about to get gooder. As we continue to move forward, the games are only going to get tighter. The teams are only going to get better. And the stakes are only going to get raised as we go into round three. Can't wait for next week. Here's the key. First of all, recap tonight from a total offense standpoint. You had Summit 389 yards to Columbia Central 205 yards. 60 plays to 46 plays in favor of Summit. In the air, Columbia Central aired out 234 yards out of their total offense of 205 yards. I'll say that again. 234 yards passing, but 205 yards total. How is that possible? They had negative 29 yards on the ground. First time in my announcing career I've ever seen that. Kudos to Melton. Kudos to the defensive summit. Not only shutting down the rushing game, but making them go absolutely backwards. Now over to the summit side, rushing the football. They had 308 yards. And only 81 passing yards. Passing yards, he was 7 of 12, one of those being in a touchdown. And uh, the interesting thing is the leading rusher was Destin Wade at 242 yards. 
That's fantastic. That's dominating. Epley, here's my concern. As we continue to move on, you're mm-hmm. going to get better teams, better players, better coaches. No Destin Wade's the best I've ever seen in high school football. I'm just going to say that right now. However, if you can shut him down, what else do the Spartans have? That's a but, huge but can, you, can you do this? I haven't seen it. Right. It's a huge if. If you can shut Destin Wade down, what else do the Spartans have? They have to get better at pass blocking and throwing the football. Well, They're, how do you get better at this point, Matt? I mean, you're, you're about, hmm. that's the question. I mean, you're telling the audience you got to get better. Is it a practice twice a week? I mean, like, what's, what's going to do it? Is it staying overtime and throwing routes with these receivers? How do you get better at pass blocking in five days to play beach? Absolutely. I mean, you, you do what you can. I mean, you, you brought up the golden question. How do you get better at this point? You harp and you harp and you harp. Uh, on on that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Coleman and, and the staff is going to look at the defensive beach, find out where they can key in, and they're going to be successful at what they can do. But we got to improve where we are not dominating, and and that's in the passing game, and that's been the case all year. The good news is against Indy, which is in, in my opinion the best team they faced all year, they were able to pull it out, and you know, in the passing game showed up for them there. They're going to have to do that again if they're going to advance uh, past that next game. We've we got to get better at passing the ball because sooner or later you put all your eggs in one basket in the Destin Wade basket. I'm just saying what odds tell me sooner or later, you know, you Summit might get has hot. three more games to win. And if they can, there's – And, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I, I'd hate the listeners to be like, hey, he's being a boober. we got, we got the best player in the league. Yes, you do. Absolutely, hands down. And like we said, it's a big if. Can you stop Destin Wade? We haven't seen anybody do it. You know, uh, Indy couldn't do it. Uh, you know, Franklin, you know, who we, who we lost to, they couldn't really do it. They did it enough. I wouldn't say they shut him down, but they came up with a game plan enough to keep it tight and win the football game. So you know it's possible to lose at Summit. Uh, not probable, but it's possible, and you can guarantee that that beach – is going to watch that Franklin game over and over and over again. And see how to beat him for sure. Well, we got the birthday boy in the house. We do. I feel, you feel quiet. You, you're quiet. I feel like I bummed you out a little bit. You want me to give you the good news? Here's the, all right, here we go. No, no, no. I'll turn it around no, in five no, seconds. No, no, no. It, but, but that's – you're right. That's the, that's, that's the uh, question. That's the million-dollar question. That's the dilemma. That's the quandary these coaches get in with, with Destin Wade. If you stop him or if you can, running the football – you're going to have to throw it or rely on someone in the backfield to make plays uh, to advance the ball. We've seen King do it a little bit, but more consistency on that. All right, then. Then can I just can I end on a high note before we bring in? Are we bringing in the birthday boy? I mean, he, you could. Yeah, we can talk to him. I we mean, should. We uh, should, and you know, hey, we're we're, bring, we're bringing in the lamb right now. But hey, let me let me end on a high note for the for the Spartan yeah. listeners that are that are mad at me right now for. Being Debbie Downer. No, right. I mean you got to play it both ways, though. You got, I mean, but I think you're telling people what the coaches will talk internally too. Yeah. It's not just, and once again, it's it's you. That's the best player, right? I mean, it's like any game plan, though. If you stop, if you stop um, Derek Henry, mm-hmm. what what do you do? I mean, 
Tannehill's got to play well. I mean, so you're just giving the other eyes to what we, you, we haven't seen a lot of. And, and, and partially this is because Summit, number one, the COVID, and number two, it's been these, – these guys have been out at halftime because mm-hmm. of blowouts. So here's what I'll say. I'll end on the high note, oh, and, he's... and then we're gonna we're gonna bring in the birthday boy. I'll end on the high note. Here's the high note. Destin Wade, one of the best players in Tennessee tonight, had 242 rushing yards on the ground, three touchdowns. If you go back to what he was able to do against Summit again. He had 257 passing yards and 249 rushing yards. You did not hear that incorrectly. He personally had over 500 total yards and six touchdowns against the Independence Eagles, who looks like they're going to beat the Brentwood Bruins tonight. So he's done it the best against the best. We have one of the best players in Tennessee. God bless America. Going on to round three. Look at the birthday boy. That was really good. Glad, glad I was here for that. Yes. It's very emotional. I've never – it's just you and me now. I thought it was going to be you and Epley. What's going on Epley, here? I don't know what he's doing. Who knows? Kissing babies, high-fiving people? Always. Signing autographs. So – Putting his master's prop bets in. What are you thinking? You're, you're the reason I'm here. For, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, whether you like me, love me, or hate me, you can uh, blame or congratulate uh, Justin Lamb right here. He is the reason I am here announcing tonight. So, I love you. Thank love you. Love you, too. Thank you for the opportunity. Nice to be on the air with you. What did you see down there tonight? I think it's a situation where it's one of those games where it's going to happen sometimes. Sometimes you're going to come out flat in the playoffs. Sometimes you're not going to have your best effort. Sometimes teams are going to play uh, better against you than you anticipate, especially a team that you beat 35 uh, nothing in the regular season, a team that you probably overlooked, whether they admit it or not, not the coaches so much. But the kids, I mean, that's natural, mm-hmm. a team that you beat like that. And Columbia came in on a high note, played tremendously last week, won triple overtime, had a lot of confidence, had a lot of emotion. And, uh, they, they, you know, some would allow them to hang around. But then, you know, what y'all were just talking about, when you got a guy like Destin Wade who can come over and take over a game and will you to victory, that's what he did tonight. I mean, that's what, you know, one arguably the best or n- close to the best player in Class 5A in an elimination game did what he's supposed to do. He took over the game and carried him to the next round. So let me ask you this because, th- you know, this is one of the first things you and I talked about in my backyard when you said, hey, I want you to announce for the Summit Spartans, and we started talking about the football team. I was privileged enough to watch them last year. I saw them in the uh, quarters to you know win to go to the state uh, to go to the state finals last year. First thing you started talking about is Destin Wade and how awesome he is. Here's my question: Just playing devil's advocate, does it concern you at all that not much is happening if Wade doesn't touch the ball? Well, I mean, I guess to some degree it would because if he, you know, something. You know, one night he was to have an off night, then yes, maybe it would. But I, I think also it might be kind of a situation where if the other kids on the team knew they had to pick up the slack for him, maybe they rallied to the to the occasion. When you got a guy that talented, that good, that can carry you on your back, I think sometimes you're you might be a little apt to to just let him do that. And I mean, tonight I don't think that's necessarily always the case, but I think there might be a tendency to say, well, Dustin's going to pull out pull us out of this mess. And I mean, more times than not, yeah, Independence is a prime example. That was a game that Summit was beat. Man, they were beat. Like, I did not think they were going to come back and win, but he wheeled them to victory. Tonight was was a little bit different. Uh, I don't really think, even though it was 14-14, I never really thought they were going to lose. Right. But uh, when he had to, he made huge plays and, you know, that that great run for the touchdown to to put the game out of reach. That's what, you know, a a guy of his caliber is going to do. So I'll flip the question to you before I hand it over to Epley real quick. Flip side of that coin, Destin Wade, one of the best players you've ever seen. I mean, you know, you just celebrated your 81st birthday. You've been around the game for a while. 
How good is this guy? Well, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. You know, before I left the newspaper at the Herald, I'd seen a, a gazillion football games, covered a lot of state championship games. His ability to take over a game, I mean, honestly, he's one of the – if you look at him now, you might say, well, he's not the greatest passer in the world. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, he could be if he wanted to be. He doesn't have to be. But his ability to let his athleticism take over and control the game, it, it, man, I'm telling you, it, it's among some of the better better that I've ever seen. So that Independence game, probably top five performance I've ever seen. Well, officially, there you have it. And thank you so much again for having me. You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I'm sitting in the booth <laughs> next to the gorgeous one, Mike Epley. And uh, with that being said, thank you so much. Happy birthday. Thank you. And Thanks I'll, for singing to me, I heard. Yeah, and I'm going to sing your outro song as you give those headphones back oh, to Epley. Lord. Behold the Lamb. Justin Lamb, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Your final score here, 28-14. Coming up next, TriStar Friday Night Live, playoff edition with J.P. Plant and Coach Mike with all the scores from all across Middle Tennessee and the latest breakdown on the playoff brackets. This has been a Front Porch Radio production on TriStar Sports Radio Network. For Matt Rogers. I'm Mike Epley. Good night from Williams County. Summit Spartans Playoff Football is brought to you in part by Parks Motor Sales, Holland's Pharmacy, Sands Fence Company, The Garbage Man, Davis Heating and Cooling, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Murray Regional Hospital, Brown's Body Shop, Quick Marks, Tin Pin Alley, Right Care Clinic, Kubota of Franklin, Beck Dental, and by Jimmy Petty Benchmark Realty.